Howard from the Paloma Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 249 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Fred Rui of Illusioni Cigars as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Stegos Reyes Cigars introduces another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Celez carries a blend of Criollo Lure and Piloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry, and it's a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Bono Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And I uh, want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Carojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds, cultivated by Cuban agronomists in the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you'll experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show on Thursday nights. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 249. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Will Cooper here. I'm on the Black Stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios, and I'm joined uh, out in the land of California by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Good, uh, good uh, week for you. Uh, I think I was just mentioning before the show we got the uh, remnants of the hurricane is, is coming through here. No wind. It's just rain that we have though. So, because uh, yeah, I wouldn't have the door open if there was wind, that's for sure. But uh, no, it's all going good. Um, and you know, I'm, I uh, I'm back in Philly's gear. So yeah. sticking uh, with your team. Yeah, you know, um, and, uh, you know, hey, we're already into hot stove, which is really cool. You know, we get, we get yeah. right. We, hot stove was almost overlapping with the World Series this year, way, the way it was working because, right. of, because of the late start. So, yeah. um, and, and it's going to, I think it's going to be one of the more interesting uh, off seasons um, that we're going to see for sure. In baseball. Yeah. People um, can start signing now if they want. Uh, yep. None of the big names obviously will sign right away, but yeah. we'll see how that kind of works out. 
you know, I'll just say, you know, I always take the temperature of Philadelphia and, um, you know, they didn't go on a suicide watch after the World Series, which was good. But there is definitely this. They're convinced that Trey Turner will be coming. I'm not I haven't seen anything yet to indicate he's going to say Philadelphia. I, I just haven't yet. So I'm not saying right. it's not true, but I think it's a I think that is a big wish list there. Um, I don't know necessarily he's my first choice either. If we could get maybe uh, uh, Bogarts in there from, the, I think we may be able to use that money elsewhere. So yeah, that would be probably a nice. Yeah, I mean, to me, Trey just is. Um, he's just like he's always got a freak injury that's going to pop up with him. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, I I, I know that. Um, and it's you know I see this with the Sixers, you know because. Uh, and bleed and uh, Harden are always hurt. I mean, it's just one or the other is always hurt, and I just don't want to have to deal with with, the, with his with his injury problems down in Philadelphia. Yep. So, um, you know, that's that's that. But we'll see. Um, and I think we got a baseball show coming up later this month too. So uh, we'll, we'll hold off on more baseball talk and let's, uh, Aaron, let's bring in our guest tonight. Um, sure. Let's get some business. We got to take over right away. Um, well, Megan has returned to the uh, primetime show, but uh, this time as a member of uh, Illusioni Cigars, he's the brand strategist for Illusioni. He is the one and only Fred Rui. Fred, welcome back to primetime. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, everybody. Well, everybody, welcome. two people. I don't know. You know, I don't know what I said. <laughs> well, everybody watch. Everybody watch it. I hope. Yeah. Right. Right. No, it's good to have you back. Um, and I know we're going to get into a lot of stuff, but I think we got to take care of a piece of business first, right? So, Aaron, we're going to do Cattle Baron meets. Our Calabar meat segment right away, right? And we're going to be talking about We're eating McRibs tonight. So uh, everyone has gotten a McRib. Um, mine came probably a little earlier than it should have. Uh, so I had to, I was telling people I had to deconstruct it and then reconstruct it because I didn't want the bread getting soggy or the onions caramelizing. And uh, I think I did a decent job with it. So are you, I, are you, I, wait, are you qualified to deconstruct the McRib? This is where I think I, there might be a little I'm, bit of shadiness happening. I'm, 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 I feel like we're, we're, we're already under the gun on the McRib, uh, even having a fair shake. At the- uh, um, I think I did well. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Um, I'm not going to say I'm an expert at it, but, um, I had to deal with the cards I was dealt with tonight, but you see, Fred has his in the box. He went like, OG in the box there. All right. Let's see. I, I do. That's it part of. I mean, the the box. I I think the boxes are edible. Now that I uh, <laughs> maybe that was a bad call on my part. There you go. Um, <laughs> Good job. You guys make ribs definitely look better than mine. So have, uh, have, have you had one? Have you had one, Coop? This will be the third one I've had of okay, this year. Right, this okay, year, yeah. Okay, so I have right, had okay, it. Okay, all right. Okay, this is yeah, probably my right. first in like seven to eight years or something like that. I I don't know. You know, the McRib is is over forty years old. People, it, was, it came out in eighty one. And uh, I remember, I actually remember when it came out because the story was, and Fred, you may be able to correct me on this. There was a chicken McNuggets shortage. They were having problems getting chicken meat for the chicken McNuggets, and they needed to come up with something else on the menu. That was like yeah, a non beef thing. Yeah. Yeah. And my understanding was is that simultaneously, um, they discovered a part, a portion of the year that pork was a lot cheaper. Yeah. Like they could actually do it, which is part of the reason why it's seasonal as well. Right. Um. But and it started out that way, and then it just makes sense scarcity. You know, you bring it for you know a month and a half, and you you know take it away. But um, yeah, I understand it was it was a it was both that, and it was it was a they got a great deal on pork. They got a great deal on pork, and I remember it. It really, I mean, I remember it bombed, but in the New York area, it especially bombed. Um, just because uh barbecue 
barbecue at the time was just not something people were into, like barbecue meat or anything like that. You know, barbecue sauce and stuff it wasn't really something people were into in New York. So um, it bombed. But now it's it's now come back as an annual thing. And, and I guess this year, this this is for the fourth time they're saying it's a farewell tour, which I think, you know, right. uh, kind of like the Brett Favre, I guess, farewell tour, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like the rolling stones or yeah, somebody yeah, that's been on yeah, a forward tour forever yeah, yeah yeah so feel free to dive into your mcrib right now i don't want to oh, hold uh too late i already take okay good yeah, i'll take a couple <laughs> bites so yeah, this is um this is better than i think i would i was expecting it to be again um yeah the uh the meat patty is uh not as bad as i was expecting it to be <laughs> but it's still a it's still more of a carrier of the sauce, I think, than the the main event. But yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I mean here my key thing is um when you go through the app, um I, I discovered you and I never knew this so you could do this at McDonald's, but you can order the extra onion slivers. Yeah, I did extra onion and extra pickle. Yeah, you do the extra onion and the extra pickle, um, which uh, and like I said, that was the key thing of those onion slivers. You don't want them to caramelize. Um, so you, you, I, when I got them, I took them right off because I didn't want them caramelizing. Um, that's why I kind of deconstructed it for a bit. Yeah. But for, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've said all along, you know, the, the, the McRib thing is, you know, we think we're divisive in politics. The McRib is like, and I've said it a million times, it's like people either love it or hate it. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground of somebody taking a bite or having one go, ah, eh, it's okay. You know, I mean, it's just like you are in either camp and it either, it's either the, it's either the greatest thing McDonald's comes up with every year or it's the most vile fast food item ever in existence. Yes. Just like um, Honduran tobacco. Like Honduran tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 You love it or you hate it. That, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I agree with you on that. And, um, it's like I said, it's very interesting getting them down here in North Carolina because you're, you're in a barbecue country. Um, but there are McRib is popular down here because it's not North Carolina style barbecue. So it's it's more, you know, it's more of a tomato based sauce that's on there. So um, it, it is it is pretty popular here. Um, and Aaron was asking me, actually, hey, when is the last day? And I was told it was the 20th. So they're going to close. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're going to close this out. They're they're like they're swapping it out for something. What was the other thing that you posted the other day, Coop? Oh, I did see it. Something bacon. It's another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah, BLT burger. The BLT burger. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think that's supposed to when this goes out. This that goes comes in. They're gonna. Well, I don't. I don't trust any fast food restaurant to put good bacon on a burger to begin with. Right. Because <laughs> look, I mean, you guys know I'm I'm a huge bacon guy. Yeah. But um, when it comes to fast food burgers, not so much because they get this paper thin, mostly fat bacon. Um, you know, I do burgers at home and I've got a really good recipe that I've done over the years. And I've been it, it's it's either double or triple cut bacon, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's got to be good bacon. So um, that's not jumping from this over to a bacon burger from McDonald's. I mean, some of the worst foods have come from McDonald's. Yes. Um, so I, I don't expect them to do any better with a bacon burger. No, and, and and I know we're gonna do it. We're gonna do our fast food segment in the last segment, um, and we're gonna be doing. But you, you are right, Fred. I do not tend to order a bacon burger from a fast food restaurant. I just don't do it. Yeah, so, so my it, question it, is, if somebody doesn't like the McRib, and you like say pulled pork sandwiches or something like that, 
if it wasn't McDonald's, like if it was just you were in a barbecue place or you're in some place and they gave you the sandwich, would would they have the same hatred for it? Can you if look you at it, this objectively? If you just ate this and someone gave you or at someone's house and they made these and they you know, you came over for a picnic or something, they gave it, I think more people would like it. If you just shred up this patty and then put it on the same bun with the same stuff and oh. took it out of the container, they would love it. They would love yeah, it. That is that is a blind series taste test <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is a little weird. They make it and they mold it with the rib shape. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was you, trying I to mean, explain it, it to my daughter today and she could she didn't get it. So you know, the thing is that remember Fred, I don't I don't know if you remember this, but there was a McRib Jr. that came out one year. And it was the McRib on a round bun. And That's I don't think people, it's totally different. Totally different. Like I said, it did taste totally <laughs> different. It, it, it did taste different. It was definitely different, but I don't. I don't think because of that shape of this one. I think this is what fools. Like, it's very obvious what it is. Yeah. So it, this one's probably a little more distinguishable. I don't know really what's to hate. I mean, there's you know, it, the, you know, it's 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 pork. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that the pictures went out of it frozen and stuff like that. But you can take you can take any behind the scenes. Most of the foods in fast food, and if you get them pictured like that, they're not very pretty. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it is real pork. It it is it is it is pieces and pressed, and you know, I mean, but you know, hey, half you know, for the longest time, half the chicken sandwiches are that until Chick Fil A and those others came along and said, hey, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna have pressed pork. Nuggets were for a while, and they finally went to just you know chicken pieces or whatever. Yep. But yep. I just don't know if, if you like pork. I, you know, I just don't know. And when you do a lot of traditional barbecue, like I have probably more barbecue in Texas than anywhere. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're getting the platter and you're getting the meat and then you're going over to the stand that is not just, you know, sauces, but it's, it's a bunch of pickles and a bunch of onions. And that's what you snack on along yeah. the way. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a variation of like a, of a St. Louis rib, but it's kind of made the look into a, pressed into a sandwich basically. Yeah. This that's kind of what this reminds me of of the most. I, I when it comes to barbecue, I'm a brisket guy first. Um, Absolutely. And and North Carolina is not known for its brisket, unfortunately. And you do really good pulled pork, pork, but but it's not known for the brisket here. It's just uh, it's there's other parts of the country that do better brisket, is what I've found. Can can we stop pretending that pulled pork is better than brisket? I mean, can we just can we just who, who stop says that? this? Can we identify uh, those I people? The, I agree I with you. I agree with you on this. I hear it all the time. I mean, and to me, I think pulled pork is just it, it doesn't carry the flavor. It doesn't carry as much flavor. That's why you have to sauce it so much. Yeah, you know, I agree. Brisket is yes, brisket is superior. And if you get down to Texas, like you know, everybody's a little bit different. Texas does moist brisket, so it's 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 super moist and tender. I mean, that that to me, that's as good as it gets for barbecue. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've had some of the Memphis uh, briskets, which really good with the dry rubs on it too. They're they're very good too. Um, and you don't have to go all the way to Memphis, at least from where I am, to get that. You can find some good places in Tennessee that does it in the eastern part of the state. But uh, and uh, like I said, the the paper towels were were you know you don't want to do this. Yeah, I actually I don't even think they gave me napkins, so I went in the house right before the show started and grabbed some paper towels. Now I will say McDonald's fries are absolutely horrible cold. Yeah, they yeah. are. That's why I, I didn't mean, get any. I'm glad I didn't get any. Yeah. We ordered a few McRib sandwiches because my boys wanted some, and uh, I I have an extra one in case this one something happened to it. So there's an extra <laughs> one, which I don't know. What how, like how, a, how... a war a, a McRib wardrobe malfunction? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like some if some mouses got into the garage, the mouses get in the garage and, and get to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fred, how did you get into the McRib? Was there any, like, event that drew you, drew you to the McRib sandwich? No, it's not like when you tell, you know, hey, when was your first cigar? I mean, I, I don't remember when it was. I just remembered, you know, having it and thinking it was absolutely magical. Um, funny story, though. I had, I, uh, I beta test a lot of Apple stuff early on, and I had a watch early on, and they were beta testing a link to, like, the Mayo Clinic or something like that. And they were doing heart monitoring when they were testing all that for, you know, EKGs or whatever it was. And um, if something went wrong or whatever, it, it, a warning would come up and, you know, they would, you know, hey, you need to, you know, can you tell us what's going on or whatever, hook you up with the doctor or whatever it was. And the only time I ever had the alarm go off on, on, on the watch was right <laughs> after I ate two McRibs when it was the first day of McRib season. <laughs> And so, like, you have to fill out this questionnaire on it and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, you know, were, were you under stress? We were like, no, dude, I was just happy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. There was one year. I mean, because I've been. There was one year where I remember, Fred, you. um, You. um, I want to say it was about five or six years ago, because I've been following you on this big rib during. There was one year the McRib was not available in your area. Right. There was. Yeah. Florida opted out. Florida, Florida, Florida opted made, out. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, I remember that. Wow. Yeah. So, so somebody may or may, yeah. Somebody may or may not have got on a plane and went up to uh, Atlanta to get one. I'm just, you know, <laughs> hypothetically speaking. Uh, yeah. Florida opted out and they because the, the whole all of Florida opted out in exchange for something else. And I don't remember what it was. It was something like a shamrock shake or something like that. They just decided to put all their money into something else. Um, and I remember talking to people in Florida that, I mean, that were not happy about this. No, I remember, I, I think there were people offering to send you McRibs and, uh, but there I were, remember, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. I was like, there was no McRibs in, in Florida. Yeah. So that was, uh, I do remember that year. I that was, it was the dark year. The dark year. Like we're all enjoying McRibs. Yeah. yeah, it was like five years. You're right. It was about five years ago though. It was I want to say it was 2017. Yeah. I think I was doing smooth drawers and I think. I remember that, like, like I was driving, and I heard, I saw it or something. I don't, and I said, I said, and I remember, I said, well, I think there was you were talking about this potential Atlanta trip, and I'm like, I was in Atlanta, so like, you wonder, yeah, well, they have them here, which is good news. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That was weird. That was really weird. And I actually, I think last year, um, when you were doing your whole photo contest, I actually got, I was in an airport that served the McRib, which I had never seen. Because the airport's almost 100% opt out. Because I'm sure yeah. they got to you know redo stuff, and it's not worth it. And I actually saw it in an airport and got it. And I'd never, I don't even remember which airport it was, but I had never seen that. Yeah, and I remember I was going to Florida one year in the car, and for some reason I was on the Florida Turnpike because I think I was going from Orlando to to Miami, and there's McDonald's. Maybe it was 95. I don't remember, but I just. Well, there was a rest stop I hit that didn't have it, and I, I remember it was out. Yeah, that'd be ninety five because I don't think we have any McDonald's. Yeah, that's. I think it was. I think it was a ninety five. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. But I think they were out of it because I know it was a year they had McRib that year. So, but I, it was something. It was a more limited McDonald's. It was like a McDonald's attached to something else, like a gas station or something like that. Right. Right. So that that's what it was. Yeah. But yeah. So. uh but all good, all good here. Um, so, Aaron, are you ready to give a score to your McRib? Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably give it a six and a half. I think, um, you know, it's 
you could get away with it. Um, you know, but like for fast food, probably the best fast food barbecue sandwich you can get. I would I, think I, other than Arby's maybe, but, but Arby's um, is totally different. The Arby's thing is like totally different. And that's more geared towards the beef brisket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. saying like, if you want a barbecue sandwich, you, if you're doing yeah. pork beef, whatever it is, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it was like, I, said, I haven't had one in like seven or eight years. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be that good, but it was better than I was expecting. So that was, that was good. Right. So, yeah. so, so you would come back to it again, like you would, you would. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know for some, I don't eat at McDonald's very often. Um, so maybe the times I go just the McRib, it wasn't McRib season. So, but I just, I have like never, haven't gone, gone to it uh, in the past, you know, how, you know, five to seven years, whatever it is. So, um, but I, yeah, after tonight, I, I got to remind myself that it's not, you know, it's not something to pass over if the, if you're there and they have it. So it's worthwhile to pick up. Well, especially right. if you get it, if you get it hot, we're all eating yeah. one that's probably, you know, at least an hour outside right. of, you know, yeah. when, when we had it, but right. yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think the McRib, the key thing is, and it's a little tricky is you, you do want to eat it as soon as you get it. Cause I think, I got I think the slivered onions is is like this is like the, the main ingredient that makes that really good. Um and like I said, I, I reheated a McRib before and I know when those almost those onions caramelize, it's not the same. Uh it just doesn't have the same effect on me. So I will I will say in and much I think to what Aaron's saying as far as surprise that it, you know, was better than he remembered or whatever. Um this one got here literally about an an hour ago. And I didn't heat it up. And I have to say, it's a lot better room temperature than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like, I got fries with it. The fries are absolutely horrible because they're yeah. they're cold. Yeah. Um, it's actually better as as a cold, not cold sandwich, but a non-hot, right, you know, right there type thing than I thought it would be. Um, do yeah. I think it's, look, do I think it's the best food sandwich? No, we'll talk about that in the, you know, in the last segment of what the best and worst are. Do I think it's the best? No, but... I think if you're talking about a fast food chain type like that of that caliber for for a barbecue type sandwich, yeah, I feel like pork. Yeah, I think it's I think it's solid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's very good. I'm, I'm I guess I've had three this year. This probably will be my last one. Uh, unless I get one more, and I'm going to be traveling next Thursday. So this will probably be. We usually I get two to three a year. Uh, actually, we have the extra one in the house, but I'm, I'm doubtful I'm going to eat that one. So <laughs> that's been yeah, the there. boys already ate that. That's yeah, no, yeah they'll, 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 eat, they'll eat anything. Those guys, yeah, they. Uh, um, for, I mean, we just got this thing. Um, I'll just mention this. We got this Dave's fried chicken I and mean, that Dave's hot chicken. Unbelievable. I mean, I've heard a lot of people out west were t- talking about it, and they just opened one in Charlotte, and it's it's a gold mine right now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's natural style hot chicken, but it's dry rub. It's really good. Uh, and when they say hot, it's hot. It's not like medium. So, um, and Aaron, I just want to mention one thing, this pie cake and thing. <laughs> I had yeah. never seen one of these till, till today. I'd never seen this at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I think it's kind of a takeoff of the turducken in regards yeah. to like stuffing as much as you can into one unit, uh, right for around Thanksgiving and uh, they did it with the pies. Um, I was really interested in trying it out because I like all the different cakes and pies that are in there. Um, but there's a fatal flaw in the, in the, in the actual uh, execution of it. And that's that frosting that they um, put on it. Um, so you can see there's, they, they have frosting in between the pies right? and then all around the outside. And it's a cinnamon frosting, 
but it's um it's a buttercream, but it's just it tastes oily to me and it, like just kind of like coats your tongue and everything. And it mm-hmm. just it's just off putting. So each of the components individually, except for the frosting, were really good. Like the that spice cake is really good. The pumpkin pie is really good. The pecan pie is really good. The apple filling stuff that sits on the top is really good. Um, so like after the first slice, you know, the family and I all had to slice. And after that, uh, I asked them, I said, do you like the frosting? And everybody said, no. So oh, I, I deconstructed the entire thing. So I had three, two pies, a cake and some filling that, and I just got rid of all the frosting <laughs> and that's how we enjoyed it. So, um, it's, a it's a, it's not a bad, uh, no, no. kind of a fun thing to do once, but, um, yeah. Uh, it looks cool. It does look cool. I got. Is, is this something that's a nationwide thing, or is this a, a local thing for you? Uh, it's um, you can get it through Gold Belly. Okay, I was um, gonna say. I was gonna say that is definitely a Gold Belly. It's item. a Gold Belly thing. <laughs> I, I don't know where the. It's called the Pikeakin Bake Shop, and I don't know where it's located. Okay, uh, but yeah, and they have a bunch of different styles. They have a Christmas one. Um, they have uh, a bunch of different ones, but the thing is, is the. At least for the Christmas one, they also use buttercream. It's a di- obviously not, I don't think it's cinnamon, but I, I won't touch anything that they say is buttercream on it now, just because I think it's a waste. Um, but they have some other stuff that maybe I, I might try out. But it's a hundred bucks for this thing. Which yeah, for one time it's cool, but after you taste that frosting, it's um nah. mm-hmm. the um yeah. I mean, my my score for the McRib was better. Um, <laughs> yeah, just because, just because I, I didn't say that there was anything like I, I didn't say well I had to pull out all the onions out of the McRib because it was they were horrible like right, I, right. Will eat, I will eat all the stuff in the McRib right. so uh, it, you know that's why it scores better but like you can't have this frosting encapsulating this whole dessert and you're like this frosting sucks right, I, I've become right. a frosting snob I'm I'm sorry but like I'm not gonna like you know go to kids birthday parties and all this stuff and they have cupcakes and cakes and stuff like that and you know at the end, uh, you know, the parents all have a piece of stuff like that. And I, like most of the time, the frosting is horrible. And I'm like, I'm not even, <laughs> right. I'm not going to eat this cake just because of the frosting. It's just, I'm like, it's just extra sugar that I don't need. It's not enjoyable. So, um, I mean, let, let's face it. It's, it, 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 it's, you know, look, you have moisture cakes or drier cakes, but other than yeah. that, a cake, the cake parks, the cake, it's all yeah. about the frosting. Yeah. It's all about frosting. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm in it for. That's why I'm going to get the corner. Yep. Piece. Spin, if you spend good time corner. on the frosting and the frosting is top notch, you yeah. could you could get away with a lot of bad cake, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna go a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I I totally agree with you on that for sure, for sure. I mean, I'm still I'm still intrigued to try this though because yeah, I mean, of, give it a shot. I mean, like, look, my butter my buttercream dislike may not be yours. You may love buttercream, right. so give it a shot. I mean, you're you're at your house with your family and all that stuff. You guys would clear it out in one sitting, I'm sure, with you go, go, oh, your daughters goodness. and all that stuff. So, one of I don't know about the cake part of this, but I am intrigued by the pecan pie and pumpkin pie because you know, if, if I'm at a Thanksgiving thing and there's all the pies or whatever, I'm getting a slice of pecan and and pumpkin. Yes, I'm, so I'm the getting pecan both. pie is really sweet. Um, but yeah, you can sal- tell just the, by looking at it. But the the pecans are quite salty, so it's a perfect balance. And then the pumpkin pie is not is is like very mild on the spice, so it's like you're getting a lot of the pumpkin itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I liked about like all these things are like the cakes. The, the middle pieces were really good. Like everything was really good. They just sold those things separately, and the the apple filling was awesome as well. It, it it's such a disappointment 
Mm-hmm. It's so good, but it's a disappointment. Right, right. I, I, I can see that. I can, I can actually, I, I get what you're saying 100%. I, I don't know how frosting would go on a pumpkin pie either. That's, that's, that's yeah. the part. And, that, yeah. and the thing is, is, like, it stays solid. So, like, you could, you could, like, if you get a fork up on the edge of that uh, crust, you could pop that cake right out of there. And the, the, the frosting stays, like, like a towel. Solid, solid <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That's yeah. how, that's how dense that frosting is wow you can imagine it looks, just... like a, it looks soft that's why i was just, it looks like a yeah, very, it's yeah. dense it's dense oh okay interesting so you could read that review on developingpallets.com uh it was a good job i saw this time like what i had to bring this up here yeah I thought now, it I, now i know what i'm ordering uh now i know what i'm ordering on gold belly <laughs> yeah i know i've been meaning to put a, a, another gold belly order in so uh um, I do I that till I get to the shipping. I don't mind overpricing that. Yes. Then once they add it all in, I'm like, Jesus, really? Yeah, they have coupons sometimes if you could find them. Yeah, I think they got some yeah. free shipping stuff going on right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, I've ordered the Geno's East pizza from Chicago, um, which is really good. And then there's uh, I, uh, the delis up in New York. Um, I don't know if they still do Gold Belly anymore, but they're pretty good as well. Carnegie Deli used to do stuff. Yeah, it was Carnegie Deli. Yeah, it was Carnegie Deli, yeah. 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 But yeah. uh, and the Carnegie Deli closed in Vegas, actually. So yeah, and it closed. It closed. Well, the the uh, the uh, the other one in uh, New York closed too, quite a while ago. Oh, but all for clo- right, yeah, so I was I was ha- it closed years before the one in Vegas did, which I was happy to still see the one in Vegas. And then last time, uh, I guess it was last year when we were out there. Maybe it was maybe it was last year we were out there and it wasn't there. So uh, which kind of bummed me out because I I love Carnegie Deli. Um, it's, you know, and I loved the one in New York too. And I was really disappointed, but apparently they couldn't, they couldn't really keep up because everybody, the tourists going to New York, it wasn't about Carnegie Deli. It was about what the hot chef was and what restaurant mm-hmm. they opened. So it wasn't that they weren't doing okay. It's just, they were nowhere near the numbers they used to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, if you're in Florida, uh, oh, in Boca Raton ever, uh, go to Ben's Deli. Um, that's, oh, a, I don't know that one. Okay. So Ben's Deli is, a, is up in New York. Uh, they're a chain, uh, they're really good. I mean, it's right up there with Carnegie and they have one in Boca and it's, it's just as good. Um, just don't go during Passover because okay. they're closed, I will because, say because they're closed and that's a mistake also, I made. Uh, Kenny and Ziggy's in, uh, Houston, uh, same thing. So, solid, you know, solid, uh, representation. Yep. yep. All right, let's let's turn to some cigars here. I'm about to light up the uh, the Epernay later. I'm gonna say Toro. Did I say? Um, and Fred, I was telling you that there's a little bit of a story with this for me because when Epernay came out, right, I didn't get it. I, I I couldn't get it. I couldn't get my 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 myself around it, and I, it wasn't a cigar I was going to. There were other cigars I preferred. There were other Illusioni cigars I preferred, but. What changed me on this, Fred, was when the ECCJ 20 came out and Dion handed me one at the trade show. Uh, he told me to take it home and I fell in love with that ECCJ. Mm-hmm. And someone said to me, you really like that ECCJ. You need to go give Epernay another shot. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, suddenly I had this whole new appreciation for Epernay. So, you know, I don't know why that happened, but... um. But go figure. I really, I really do like the box press. Um, I, I picked it up. Uh, I picked these up in Rhode Island. So, yeah, I think I, I, I think that you know the Epernay is very indicative of. It, it's not a very, it's not a super little, strong cigar. I got a slight little um, crack in mine, unfortunately, but it should be okay. Yeah, 
it's got a lot of subtleties to it. And I yeah. think, you know, particularly in the circles where we start talking about, you know, the online guys. So there, there's, to me, there's really two audiences. Like if you, if you were to, if you knew nothing about cigars and you jumped on the online world, it's all about Nicaraguan and the flavors of right. Nicaraguan. But then if you look at the sales and you really look at that, it's like, you know, so, so there's always the, they're, they're super close. I mean, I, I really don't know which countries ahead as far as we talk about exports of Nicaragua versus Dominican Republic. Um, they're, they're very, very close. They're very different profiles, but in this world, everybody's like, would think that Nick or, you know, Dominican Republic doesn't sell a lot in reality. They sell, they sell equal, if not more right. uh, to Nicaragua. Like I said, you can, you can, you can accept the argument on who's, who's really selling more. Uh, Nicaragua has like, gained a lot of ground yeah. in the last six years, but um, you know, Epernay is not, if you're going, Hey, I'm getting a Nicaraguan cigar. If what you're looking for traditionally on Nicaraguan is not necessarily, it's a very subtle. I mean, I don't know anybody other than Dion, and I'm not saying that because I work with him now. I mean, and we've all talked about his portfolio long before I was there. Um, the subtleties he gets out of cigars. Not a lot of people can get any kind of flor floral type or even even really, you know, the aroma out of the cigars that he gets or how he picks out that tobacco. And the Epernay is very subtle. So if you're going for a spice Nicaraguan, it's not, it, it doesn't hit that wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Fred, I think you nailed it with me because when I was getting into Epernay, it's like 2009 and 10. And I was into those heavy Nicaraguan cigars at the time. So that was exactly where I was heading with those. Right. But by the time the ECCJ came out, I want to say it was 2014 to 20. I want to say it was around 2014. My, my, my definitely my palate had changed by that point. So mm -hmm. to go back and revisit the Epernay, um, you know, I, and I and like. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm totally getting this now. Um, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, like I said, it's, it's a very unique cigar because it, it is it is that true. It's a milder, nuanced Nicaraguan cigar that, you know, they're hard. And it's very hard to find a good one like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that was my, my Epernay story here. Um, you know, Fred, it was interesting because we saw each other uh, early this year in the DR. Mm -hmm. and yeah. You were you were basically telling people you were coming back and you, you, you said, hey, I'm going to tell you when I'm you know, when it's going to happen. Right. And I was like, that's great. And, um, you know, I think prior to like to I saw you in the DR, everyone thought you were going to go to Louisiana. Right. I think it was it was. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was this twist that you did in Nicaragua. I'm sitting with you and Christian Hudson yeah. from and and. Uh, <laughs> and you guys are talking about Casada, right? Right. And I mean, you were in, you were in the, you were with Manolo, you're trying out blends. I'm like, this guy's going to Casada. I'm like, this is, I'm like, he's dropping this, man. He's going to Casada, right? I was, I was telling people, no, he's not going to Louisiana. He's going to Casada. <laughs> it was like, you totally, I, I don't think you deliberately did that either. It was just like, but I, I somehow ran away in my mind. You were going to Casada at that point. Well, you know, and actually, I mean, when we were talking, I mean, Dean and I know, have known each other for a while, and and it was it was kind of this very long process that you know we thought we'd do something, but the timing had to be right for both of us. And right. I was kind of in that you know in that middle ground of what did I want to do, and 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 I was you know unapologetic in saying after coming off Nomad that I was totally cool being a cigar smoker. I was totally cool just going back to that and enjoying it. It was a great run, and I loved it, and met a lot of great people. And so the companies that, that I was talking to, it was a pretty short list of companies that I loved the company and I loved their cigars. 
or all their cigars, if you will. I mean, it's tough to like all of them, but, you know, Dion was always, you know, that portfolio I loved and long before we were ever doing anything. I mean, it's always kind of like everybody's, it's not one of your favorite brands. It's, it's your second favorite brand. And when you talk to people in the industry, it's always been that circle of friends, geek cigar, even though it's boutique, but you know, they, they, you know, the whole not industry standard, they're not out there in your face as much as everybody else. So you kind of had to discover them or somebody on the inside had to tell you about them. And yet you go back and you look at, they've had 14, I think 14 cigars in CA's top 25. They've hit, you know, the best of lists on, on every major blogger over and over again when he comes out with something. But it was still, it was still a circle of friends type cigar. And so um, it really, I don't know what night we had dinner and I don't know, remember what night Dion called me and I was, when I was down there, but that's when we, we, we just, he said, hey, I think, I, I think, you know, we need to do something. Here's what I'm thinking. So that all came down literally that week or the week after I had just got done filming the final puff, which I had no desire to monetize or anything like that. That was just a goal of mine. I'm like, I need something to do with my time. And I need, and I need something that um, I wanted to give back to the cigar industry in some way. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to do it. And I thought, well, and, 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 you know, uh, I was actually, um, talking to uh, Manolo and we're sitting down. I thought, you know, those conversations over lunch, I wonder if I could do that in a show that would be a little bit different where it wouldn't be the normal interview or the normal call where they have an agenda. Could I, could I just sit down with them, roll three cameras and just talk about their life and their family and the dynamics and stuff like that, just for fun. Just if somebody was sitting in a lounge going, Hey, you know what? You're smoking an LFD. You know, Hey, have you seen that interview with Lido? That's just, you know, a little bit more of a deep dive. Right. Um, and so that was that was just me to do that. And then during that two year period, I'm still on shows and I'm kind of that guy like, you know, who am I? Why am I here type thing? And and then uh, uh, but I knew I'd do something. I didn't know what it would be. And then, like I said, Dion, Dion had called and says, hey, you know what? You know, here's what I want to do. And, and, and it worked out. And I was I was more than happy because I love the portfolio. I love the cigars. And so from my standpoint, I mean, it's 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 kind of the perfect gig in the cigar industry for me and in that I don't have any of the stuff to worry about of how much tobacco are we buying or what's the importing or what's this and that. I just to get to focus on the fun stuff, which is shows and events and, and, you know, strategy as far as how the brand is and how it gets out there. So um, it's, it's, you know, and, 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 and I was very humbled when the announcement came out of how positive everybody was, whether they're in Dion's camp or my camp or both, how they just said it's 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 a perfect fit for both of you, you know, as far as what what that company is and what I would bring to the table, and it it has been. Yeah, I I think it was too. I mean, I mean, we were all thinking it when you were going to trade shows with Dion. Um, you you had gone to a couple of trade shows already with Dion, mm -hmm. so I think a lot of people already thought that we knew you. You know, you you liked the the brand and everything. But what is so you, you kind of talked about what is exactly a brand strategist? What is this role that you have? What is specifically your role now? In Illusioni? Well, I didn't want a title, um, but you know, you kind of have to put something out there or whatever. Right. Um, so, really, I mean, in a nutshell, my goal is to have more people discover the brand. Um, I, I literally, and I told Dion this story a couple of years ago, I was literally sitting at Jeff's shop at Corona on Sand Lake and it's, it's, it's always busy and it's, and it's a great shop and I'm outside with, you know, eight random guys that we all just kind of one of those like, hey, is the seat taken type thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple of them knew each other. Most of them didn't. And we were talking about, you know, cigars. And then we were talking about boutique cigars. And we were talking about different shows and, you know, where they got their information. 
And so there's about eight of us there, I think, at the time. And I happened to be smoking in Elysiana. I just that's what I had bought that day. And someone asked what I was smoking. I told them, and like five of them hadn't had it. And what amazed me is that these were, I mean, they were name dropping cigars that we talk about on the shows all the time. Right. These guys clearly knew boutique cigars. I mean, they're naming some brands that were just, you know, off, off, you know, off the spear a little bit that you you wouldn't necessarily know without, you know, watching shows like this. And that just that just really hit me hard because I'm just kind of like, how do you not know this brand? And then I realized, you know, you're looking at the boxes, you're looking at how big some of the stores are. And, you know, it, it's not a brand that likes doing what everybody else has done. So they don't, they don't, they don't take that line. I mean, you know, and I was trying to explain to Dion, it's like, look, we don't have to do what everybody else has done, but we have to do some of those things and put our spin on it. So people are aware of it. Um, we're, we're rebranding, repackaging a lot of the lines. Mm -hmm. um, the new stuff you saw it at the show, the new stuff looks really good. You can see it. So that'll be the guy that I just don't think there's anybody that's been smoking cigars for a while. If they haven't tried it, they, they've heard the name. Right. And I, I and, and so really my goal is to go, OK, how can I create more pathways for them to find the cigar and make it easier for them? Now, I'd love to take credit for the packaging, but Dion had that in the works a year before I came on board. Um, that was already a path he was going down. So I look at my job as basically how how can I introduce it to more people or reintroduce it to people that may have forgot it? Um, and, and so far it's, it's gone really well. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and I think the repackaging, which starts hitting in the beginning of the year is going to be really good. There's a lot of things that have been made that will be a little bit of shock to some people as far as losing the, the, you know, the letters and numbers a little bit and going more to standardize. This is the Corojo, here's a Robusto Toro and, and so on, you know, here's a Maduro and, and standardize those sizes because, you know, like, you know, a lot of guys like the 888, they'll say, oh, I love the 888, but they don't realize that that is a size. Yeah. 888 right. is a size. It's not, it's not, it's not a specific blend. So if you right. go into a shop and they don't have the 88, you're like, oh, that's the car I wanted. I'll get something else. Not realizing that those other four sitting on the shelves are the exact same blend. They're just different sizes. So uh, to Dion's credit, he's, you know, cleaning a lot of that up. Um, it's very different than when he started. It's, you know, those, the, the, the simplistic boxes, um, Dion did the same thing that that I had done, which is basically tried to go to retail friendly boxes mm -hmm. where they were smaller and, you know, they were stacked higher, you know, as far as the counts were concerned in there. And look, at the end of the day, you've got to be seen on the shelves. And you also want to know that this blend and this blend are from the same manufacturer. You don't want to have that thing where you think they're different. So there's a lot of stuff that he had in the works when I was coming on board to kind of standardize that a little bit easier and remove that barrier for people that are walking through the humidor. So I really think just the repackaging alone, we're not, we're not changing any blends. Dion's not going to change any blends. There's too many blends out there. He's too particular. I don't know anybody as particular as he is, as far as he goes down there, he picks out the, you know, goes through the bales. So, okay, go ahead and put these in these cigars. If he doesn't like them, he's like, okay, we're not going to roll those cigars right now. We're going to do these because I like this tobacco. I don't know a lot of people that are that quite that particular. And so the blends are not going to change. Now, obviously, someone's going to pick one up and they're going to say, oh, gosh, they changed the blend. I 100% guarantee you that it, it, there's it, not a, there's, it's not going it's, it's, it's to change. And, you know, it'll take a little while for guys to go, wait a minute, there's no 888s. Well, that's a Churchill, right. you know, or an, 88, an 88 being a Robusto or whatever, whatever it may be. It'll take a little bit of that. But for every guy that potentially we could temporarily lose until he figures it out, 
there's a whole audience of cigar smokers that 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 have missed out or walked by it because they just didn't see it on the shelf that that will be able to you know get back to it. Well, were all the Vitolas moved over to the, uh, with the new change in in original documents in the Corojo? Or so any, yeah. So I, I, as far as the change, as far as the sizes, yeah, all the ODs will be. Okay. Um, and 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 the Ultra actually is going to become part of the original documents line. Okay. Um, and there's also a new Habano that's being done out of AJ uh, Fernandez factory that will come out, and the Habano will be new. Uh, it's it's Dion's expression of what he believes a Nicaraguan cigar is, a traditional one. Uh, it smokes great. I've, I've I've only had the one Batola, but we're going down there in a couple of weeks, so we'll we'll actually have some other ones. Um, so, so that change will happen. The ultra will move into that. It'll be much cleaner with the, four, you know, the four different wrappers, uh, plus the ultra, uh, singulari, which has always been an annual blend actually becomes a core line. So there were seven of them, I think, and he went back and he just took the, what he liked out of all of them, reblended one specific cigar. And then what we can do is we can do annual releases where we go back to the older ones and we, you know, re-release those on an annual basis, maybe around the holidays or something like that. So it just it just simplifies the portfolio. It doesn't it doesn't change it. It doesn't change the blends, but it simplifies the portfolio. Um, like I said, I love to take credit for it, but bottom line is he was ar- he was already going that direction. Uh, it'll it'll be a little you know a little bit a shock to some people. Um, the good news is is and and you know for whatever reason we're still going to have the MJ12 size is still going to be in the foil, right? Um, which is good. I'm like well at least we didn't have to lose everything out of that. But I think in the long run. After a couple of months and people understand that, OK, they haven't changed. And here's this. My new size is really this or this is what it always was, really. Um, I think it's just going to be a lot cleaner to get that message out there and make it easier for people. And and the plan is, I, I remember when we talked at the booth and we talked to Dion at the trade show, like you, you mentioned original documents, you mentioned Signore, but um, the plan is there's going to be more rebranding on some of these other brands. Yeah, so uh, one-off's already gone through it. It's subtle. Uh, the top lid is 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 the solid orangish color and stuff like that. So some of them are very subtle. Right. I don't I don't know if he's going to do all of them. Um, we you know we've talked about it and it's just kind of it, it, it it's a progress. And I mean, as you know, I mean anything of that magnitude of rebranding is is big. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as the graphics and then just changing inventory and everything else like that. I don't know if we'll do all of them. There's a couple key ones that I don't think we necessarily need to. Uh, but then again, I mean, a refresh always always works. I mean, I think I personally, who may do more, who may do more, I think is is okay the way it is. I think it's kind of that that style. But I also could see a, a good reason to rebrand. You know, pretty much almost everything in the in, in the portfolio. Right, right. Um, you know, I actually I think who may do more. Maybe just could you tweak it. I mean, maybe a tweak would work on that is what I would think. But that's, I think I agree that packaging always worked with that blend. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, and, and maybe there are a couple that you can leave the same. But I think what's going to happen is, is once you end up doing, you know, three quarters of portfolio, you're going to kind of look at those ones you didn't do. and go, Okay, they're going to need a, a refresh. And it may be subtle. Like I said, one off is, a, is, is fairly subtle as far as the way the colors go, but more color to it um, just on the top lid and the inside lid. Um, I, I think some of them, there's, there's probably going to be subtle changes pretty much to everything I would imagine. What is the plan to deplete the inventory of these first and then introduce this? How do you kind of go yeah. when you're in this parallel universe with this stuff? Well, I mean, you know, the, 
it will happen for a while. Um, we'll probably focus immediately on stores that are, are moving more or carrying more where we can do it in an entire block. Right. What for me, what I don't want to happen necessarily is where you've got half the ODs are, are the, you know, the old packaging and some of the new packaging. Right. Right. So if we can swap that out, there are stores that won't care that sell it, that maybe don't have as, you know, as big of the portfolio. Those will probably be the ones that will have some of the the older packaging a little bit longer than the new stores. But then we'll just slowly start, you know, rotating it all through. Um, and then at some point, if if it gets low enough, um, we'll just pull it and we'll just keep it and you know either smoke them ourselves or use them for events or something. There'll always be that guy that, you know, oh, I found an original box of this, right, right, you know, yeah. um, you know. So we'll we'll always have that. We could always do that in an event. You know, I could always pull out an old box or something and raffle it off or something like that. So you could you could always have a case for that. But luckily, you know, the inventory moves pretty fast. Um, so the transition should be, you know, fairly quick. Um, you know, that said, you know, you could have a size or a skew or whatever, but we'll try to maintain that the shops do as, as complete of a rollover as they can as it goes along. Yeah, no, I think... Uh... I, I, like I said, I, that's that's the part that's always a little tricky, I think. Um, and I just pulled a picture up so folks want to see this is the Corojo. Yeah, so that's that's the OD lines. So what's in, what, what about that? And you can actually pretty much see all of it. You can't quite see color, but the four will have different colors to them. The box, uh, the lid of the box looks the same on the opposite side when it's closed. Uh, the bands are going to be different colors depending on, on which uh, blend they are. Uh, there's also a small little coin in the front, and those actually all have different symbols, and they're actually on the back of the band too. But the biggest thing I think will be the color. Uh, the bands are all different colors, and yeah, so they, you'll yeah, yeah. you'll be able to, and, and you can see that. You you know, there's a candela. Now the candela is yeah. not one. Obviously, it's green, but you know, I mean, you know, come on. I mean, you can't pick out a candela wrapper. Right, right, exactly. We we kind of have to start at a different conversation. <laughs> right, but right. I I like that it still does not lose what Illusione is. It still it still has that vibe. I don't want to change anything about the the foundation that basically, you know, Illusion had all along. I love the vibe. I love the conspiracy theory. I actually like the whole circle of friends and in the know. I just want to make you know. I just want it to be a little bit easier to discover because, again, from my standpoint, to not worry about the cigars, to not be out there and go, hey, you get you know, smoke this. But, you know, maybe not this line, you know, maybe you don't want this line or like with that with that brand. I don't have to worry about any of that. You know, I mean, they're all good cigars. Are they all in your wheelhouse? No, of course, not, not every single cigar is going to be exactly what you want. But at least you don't have to worry about the cigar and how it's made and, and, and the specifics that go into that. Right. That's true. That's true. I mean, and Dion's known for consistency for sure. What was was there any what was the rationale for moving ultra uh, under original documents? I think it's just to clean it up. I think I, I think it was I think it's just to just to make it, you know, from from an aesthetic standpoint, make sense. It also made sense because of the blend. I mean, as far as just 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 to put it in there, um, I just I just think it's going to be a lot easier for people to understand, uh, you know, in looking at a shelf and looking what they are. And, and again, what I said earlier is, you know, recognizing that the Ultra is part of the Illusionia line. And, and as well as the other ones, so you know that if you want to try a different cigar, if you're happy with that manufacturer and you want to try something different, you know, you're still in that safe place of, you know, OK, I know that I know that the care has been in it. I know that, you know, 
the, the you know, Deanne's reputation, whatever it may be, is is all behind that. So it can kind of help you branch out within the same uh, same manufacturer. Yep, no, I can see that. I can see that for sure. And then you mentioned the Habano; it's coming out next year. Any mm-hmm. insights for why why go to AJ Fernandez? Because obviously, Luzioni's been working with Aganorsa forever. So this is something yeah. different for Dion right now. So, you know, it's a good question for Dion. So I don't want to speak for Dion, but okay. my my sense of it would basically be is Dion's always very tobacco specific, and what he wanted for tobacco is something that AJ has. Um, and so Dion has a very long relationship with the person that works with AJ that does the tobacco. So he feels comfortable going there and making sure he gets the tobacco that he wants and that he can hand select that tobacco. Um, I look, I mean, Dion didn't need to go there to say, Hey, I've got a cigar made by, you know, at AJ's if, if anything, that that's, that's very outside what, what we've done. And you're absolutely right about Agonorsa. I mean, I've been telling people for years you know, when people start focusing on what cigars they like to start looking at what factories are coming out of, because I don't think there's a bad cigar out of Agnorsis factory. I mean, you're talking about a, a very large tobacco grower that sells off a lot, but then also keeps what they want for themselves. So obviously they're going to keep what they like. Um, and so, you know, pay attention to factories just as much as you pay attention to brands in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, Dion was, Dion was looking for some very specific tobaccos and it just made sense for him to go over there. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember, you know, when he started with them, they were originally making the stuff at uh, Racist because that's where Aganarsa mm-hmm. was making their stuff. And then when they yep. opened their factory, he he moved a lot of his blends into Nicaragua. I don't want to say he moved. There's still a few in Honduras, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, look, Dion's always going to chase the tobacco. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's not, there's there's nothing wrong with Aganarsa. Yeah. And nobody's looking, you know, to to change any of that. But Aganarsa is much bigger now. They're doing a lot of their own stuff as well as some other brands. And so Dion is not going to make any sacrifices when it comes in. And it just made sense on a new blend. If you're after specific tobaccos and AJ, you know, has a lot of different tobaccos and a lot of different farms there. It just makes sense for him to, you know, to go after what he wants. Yep. Yep. That makes sense as well. And then we talked about Singularity already. So that's going to be, that's a new blend you were saying that's kind of Mm -hmm. built off the other ones. Yeah. And that'll be, that's'll be out first quarter also. Um, if a matter of fact, um, I don't know. I mean, it's first quarter latest. It it may get here in time for the end of the year. I'm not sure where we are on the containers, but um, it's possible it could it could be out here pretty soon, pretty quick. That'll be interesting, yeah. Because I, I that has always been. I mean, so I'm 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 intrigued by it, but I've loved over the years some of those cigars. They're just some of the best best cigars I've had. Yeah, uh, from Dion. So, um, but you said some of those other ones may come back as a lim- an LE or something like that. Yeah. So this is, I mean, they were all different blends. So yeah. this is what what Dion took out of all those blends and what he thought would make an excellent core line. Uh, it doesn't diminish how good a lot of those other ones are. So we do have the freedom to bring back, you know, a a, a limited run of all those years, and we could rotate through those years. I mean, it would it would take six, seven years to get through yeah. those, you know, doing one a year. So um, it also makes you look anytime you do a one off scenario like Singularity and stuff like that, and you change it year over year, there's always there, there's always that market not knowing what to do with it. Uh, Crown Heads was an excellent example of that, of people, you know, not knowing what to do with the cigar that changed. Um, so this kind of gives them 
you know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait or hope the next year's blends exactly like the previous because it's not. Right. Um, this gives you a chance to have a blend that you like. Uh, you know, a lot of people like that cigar year over year, you know, even though it has changes, which is that's part of it. Uh, so this, you know, it, it just makes sense if you're going to do another core line. It, it makes sense to make this one of the core line because it's been successful over the years and just take what he, what he likes best out of all of them. Yeah. And th- th- so this one could be a little trickier than, than the original documents because now this one did change. And now you, you're going to get people. Well, it doesn't smoke like the Phantom. It doesn't, you know, smoke like. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. So, uh, the you know, so that to, to that part, you may have to deal with. But I, so I think this telling the story of this is going to be very key um mm-hmm. with with this with this particular blend mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm looking forward to this because like the singular is probably one of my favorites over the years for mm-hmm. sure i think i was just telling you i have a 2012 which i know he i know that blend's not going in there because that was the maduro yeah i mean i don't think anybody's going to be disappointed in it particularly if they if they liked that um you know it, it's you know and and you know if, if it's not if it's not your blend there's there's plenty of other ones but um i i think it's it's a very good expression of, of the ones they've all kind of been very similar wheelhouse, if you will, with, with some subtleties. And, um, I think, I think that I, I don't see any, you know, any problem with this one and I don't see, you know, and then when you release the other ones, you know, if you, if, if we do that, uh, it just makes sense. It's just, you know, this is my normal, normalized smoke. And now I've got something, you know, different to smoke. Yep. Yep. Agree. So, you know, when I was at the booth and we were at the trade show, we did our thing. Um, when I came back home, like I started hearing from people, you know, because people were asking me about the rebrand, mm-hmm. you know, what I thought. And then people were asking me about two projects, which I didn't see at the booths. Right. And I was I was and in particular, it was the Allegria and the, the new one off extensions. Was mm-hmm. there any reason why those were just totally low key at the trade show? Because those came out. Actually, those came out faster than this stuff came out. Well, so the, the Allegri was actually, um, it was, it was a COVID delay, really. I mean, it uh-huh. really was, it was a last year item. Okay. Um, so that w- there wasn't a reason to showcase it because it already had been purchased. Uh, it just shipped you know, what a couple months ago. So okay. that's, that's why that one wasn't there. It was, it was, it was our, it was already out there. Okay. And but, the one-off but, extensions, honestly, I didn't even know about the one-off extensions. I mean, I'm sure you told me at some point, but, um, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even, those weren't even on my radar. Right. Uh, I mean, we've known about Allegra is something that Dion talked to us about on this show in 2018. So mm-hmm. we knew he had acquired that, uh, that brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one I was waiting for. What can you tell us about that cigar? Uh, I know you, I think I've seen you mention that you've been a fan of that cigar. Yeah. So it's, it's the sister blend of the one-off. Um, so the primings are different. So it's got a little, it's a, a little bit more strength and some higher priming. So if you like the flavors of the one-off, um, the Allegria is a, a, a little better price point, but it's, uh, it's also a little bit stronger. Okay. Um, I like the one-off. I, I like, I like the subtlety of the one-off, but I also, for my own palate also like something a little bit stronger. And so for me, the, uh, Allegria is in that wheelhouse. Uh, actually it's Allegria. Allegria. Okay, there you go. El- no, okay. no, no. It's it's. God darn it! Why does everybody keep doing that to me? Uh, <laughs> Allegria. Allegria. Okay, Allegria. So, okay. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, I I find it to be just a little bit more full bodied, uh, a little bit more um, a little bit more strength to it. So it, it's the perfect complementary blend to one off if you like that, and if you want to go a little bit stronger versus a little bit milder on the other side. Uh, it just it just fits it fits in really well with that. 
And that's like I said, that is available now. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yep. I mean, I, I have seen it out there. Yeah. Yep. So, it's so it's available. It's in stores. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one that, that, but, but that was, again, that was, that was really a last year thing that just took a while to actually to get out. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was, cause I, I wasn't even aware that retailers had, had ordered it. And then people were telling mm-hmm. me, they said, you know, they were telling me about it. I'm like, I didn't know about it. I was like, I was in complete shock. Yeah. I figured it was, I mean, cause it wasn't at last year's show either. Yeah. So it's, it's, it started hitting the shelves about two months ago. And the and there's still stores that are still you know getting up to speed and getting it in and stuff like that. So it's just it's it's still getting you know awareness yeah. on it. But um, the shops that do have it now, it's you know it's it's starting to get out there more so people can see it. Yep. And, and one off has been this and and uh, Allegria, or uh, you know they're got they're separate brands kind of compared to Illusioni, right? So it's it's under Illusioni, but they're separate brands. Yeah, I think that I think that's a fair I think that's yeah. a fair way to look at it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So. But what I've noticed is, so the new plus 53s, like plus 53s now becoming an offshoot of one-off. And, and I think plus 50, I look at plus 53, that's kind of Dion's expression now of, of like where he's taking the, the brand. Would you say that's accurate? Like in terms of, well, he tried to preserve the the vibe of, of these brands when he brought them back. But now with plus 53, he's starting to take this into a different direction. Yeah, it's a good question for Dion. I mean, I, I think that when he took it over, they were already expressions of what what he wanted to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the plus fifty three is 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 totally different. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's still it's still it's still in that wheelhouse, but um, it's it's a it's it's a totally different one. I don't look at plus fifty three as a totally different one than the one off, though. I mean, to me, they're they're kind of sister blends, but I could also see the argument that it's. That it's a different cigar because it is a different cigar. Yeah. How would you describe that as a different cigar for someone who's going? They're looking at one off. They're looking at plus fifty three. How would you describe that difference? So i I see more differences though. I I find it I find it um, somewhat challenging to say, hey, if you smoke, you know, I think if you go into the fifty three thinking it's it, it's the one off plus something or whatever like i just think they're totally different blends um and and that 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 to me is where you really have to try both to see see which one you like right they're they're very very different um it it could have even had a different name but it's so close to that blend and the tweaks that he made are are, yeah. are um significant though right um so it, it it's a totally different cigar so I, I i don't it's a tough one to say hey let me start with the one off say well it was just this because it's 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 not like hey we just did a different wrapper or we just did this you know I mean it, it's a totally different cigar. Okay. I wouldn't judge the one off by the plus fifty three, and I wouldn't judge the fifty three by what the one off is. Okay. Got I got it. No, I, I it explains it to me. Um, and then I guess we talked a little about this before the show. The the uh, the Alsta, uh, the Epernay de Alsta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, not re-release but you guys are giving it more of a push right now so you you know in terms of yeah we just wanted something to to focus on and around the holidays you know we're just we're we're in that you know that zone of a lot of stuff coming in you know the habano first quarter with the od rebranding we've got the we've got the singulari which may you know is is really 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 close so we just wanted something that that we could focus on this quarter and, it, and, it, and it's a great cigar and it may, you know, it was number seven of the cigar of the year when it came out in CA and it made a lot of lists. So it's also, we thought for the holidays, you know, it's a good one to focus on to reintroduce the brand. Uh, Cause it's, it, it's kind of that middle, you know, medium cigar. 
and also it's a 10 count box. So it's, right. it, you know, it, it's not, it's not, you're committing to, you know, a 25 count or anything right. like that. So it just seemed to be a good one marketing wise to kind of get people back in. So we're rolling out some events. We're starting next week and we'll probably, fo we'll focus. I know we're focusing on uh, the Diasta will be one of the ones there. And then some of the other ones we'll have on there as well. Nice. Nice. Aaron, so we do. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Fred. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so, so like the event, well, what we're doing is we're, we're bringing in some swag and then we'll also have uh, the Diasta Town Count boxes. We'll also have, um, we have uh, two different event only packs that people can get a hold of, uh, you know, some blends that, that, that are basically not, you know, not normal blends you can't get. I like going into events with that. I'm not a big fan of the, you know, buy 10, get 10 type thing or whatever like that. Right. I, I just think, I think you diminish the, 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 the brand. I like events when I go to events, I like events where I can get something that I can't normally get. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's a different size or, you know, if it's a different blend, great. That's not always feasible. Uh, in this case it is for our events, but um, I like it when you can get something special at that event, not just more, more cigars. I don't think that's, that's necessarily great for the retailer. Consumers love it, but the problem with doing that is, is that, you know, you have these these people that do events, and when they when they when they give away so many other cigars, you you diminish the brand. You know, now the people are just buying based on the event. They're not buying on. They can care less what cigar it is. They're going, well, how many cigars can I get for this much money? And I think it's difficult to build a following or even even you know have them go in and buy pay full price for it uh, later. So I think it's just better to you know. Your cigars are your cigars. Now, if I can bring something extra to the table, special wise, I think that's even better. Agree. Um, I, I just had another brand question. Um, Cruz, what's the status of Cruzado? Uh, is that something mostly rebranded? Re um, you know, I don't know. We haven't talked about rebranding a Cruzado. I actually like the look of Cruzado the way it is. So, mm -hmm. um, that may be one that might have a subtle tweak to make it obvious it's part of the Illusione line. But I actually we haven't I haven't talked about that one specifically with them. I think it's the most underrated line in, in the portfolio. I I would probably agree. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I would probably agree. I yeah. know Dion. I think Dion has changed that blend already from what he was when he was on the show. But it's still that one. Still is like it's very. It's always been under the radar. That one for me. Yeah, I mean, if you can have a portfolio like that, that anything's under the radar. You know, I mean, at some point yeah. something's got to get under the radar. Right. Exactly. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Uh... No, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, the gold foil one is my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah. That's always been my favorite one on that one. Aaron, did you have any other questions as far as branding stuff goes with Fred? Um, I, there was a, supposed to be a TAA release for this year. That that hasn't released yet, has it? It has. Yeah. Oh, it has. Yeah, the, okay. The, yeah, yeah. The, the 2022 TAA, and then also um, we might have a few 2021s, but. You know, we're we're starting to see a lot more retailers get behind that. I, look, there was a lot of cigars this year, mm -hmm. and um, and you know, again, you've got to go. You know, it can only go to TA account, um, right. but the, yes, they they are out there. Okay, that's by the way, that's the other one we're focusing on as we roll out these events starting next week. Uh, I think it's next week, see the next week or the week after. Um, the uh, the two we'll focus on the Diosta and the TA twenty two because this particular store it's Corona. Um, they have the TA, so we'll be able to focus on that. Got it. Nice. So it is out. I got to look for it now. Mm -hmm. Oh, so no, that's good. That's good news. Um, so events. You mentioned events. Um, are you gonna be? So you're gonna be active with events. That's your plan. Um, I will for some. Like I'm, I'm definitely doing the rollout 
of this. So I'm going to do the three events. Uh, I think it's, I think it's next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at three different uh, stores. And then um, my goal is to create the structure of it along with Ryan, uh, who's the, the sales manager and Dion and have something that we can hand over to the brokers so that they can actually replicate those events uh, nationwide. But basically, you know, okay, what does the event look like? What are we offering? What extra items can we bring that are unique to the table that people can get a hold of and smoke? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I look, I'm not, I'm not going to go on the road all over the place, um, you know, uh, but I, I love it. I mean, it, it's great, but I mean, you know, there's guys that do that, nor does it necessarily need me to get on a plane. Ryan will probably be involved with a lot of those because he is the sales manager and he does run around and do that. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to pass up the chance to do some of these events either. You have been active though. Um, I mean, as far as losing only social media presence, I mean, so th that's oh, yeah. like a large undertaking. Talk a little about that. Yeah, it, it really, it just, it just needed someone's focus. It just, it just needed someone to do it. So that was, that was probably the, the very first thing that I jumped on uh, was the social media and trying to increase that presence. And also from, from where I was when I had my brand, I really like the interaction with people that are smoking. I really like when they, you know, send in questions and respond or they have photos and respond to them and things like that. Uh, so I've been very happy with how much we've increased that. And look, you know, it, it's just one of those things that gets awareness out there. I mean, you know, as people start smoking and you're engaging, then, right. then they start posting pictures and then other people see it and go, oh, I've got to try that cigar. And so that that's done really well as far as the growth is, is concerned on that. Yep. Yep. Uh, the whole agent illusioni and my illusioni and yeah. I, I, yeah, and there's uh, there's a lot more coming on that. There's uh -huh. a lot there, there's a lot more uh, coming probably by first quarter on that that we'll actually have a lot more fun with that. I, I don't I don't want like I said I, I love the conspiracy angle of it. I lo I love the whole circle of friends and 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 I really want to do some really fun things there where we can you know create it where you know certain people you know get not only recognized uh, and also take care of those people, but also, uh, you know, kind of, kind of make it a little bit of a club thing, not a formal club thing where anybody has to pay, but you know, where they're able to try new cigars and stuff maybe before anybody else has. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Did you, so, you know, did you find, you know, when you were at Nomad, you did some of the most creative marketing out there, but what did you find when you had to go to uh, Illusioni completely different animal in a lot of ways? Like how did you have to kind of go and, and adjust some of the things for that? You know, a lot, I mean, it, it has been interesting. I mean, it has been a lot of conversations with Dion as far as, hey, I think we should do this. He's like, well, someone's already done that. Like, okay, all right. Well, what about <laughs> that? Yeah, someone's already done that. So, I mean, we've, we've definitely had those conversations. Right. Um, but, but Dion is definitely behind it being out there more. If anything, he pushes me to be more creative. And also what I was happy to see is that Dion is very involved in the creative process. Uh-huh. So, so um, I didn't, I didn't know how much he would, he would um, be open to that. And so one of the things that I asked Dion when I came on and, and, and we always joke because I told Dion a couple of years ago that I'm like, look, I'll do it for free. I just love the brand. I'll help you out. Cause I just think more people need to know. And Dion's response on an interview a couple months ago is I should have just taken Fred up on the offer when he said he'd do it for free. Nice um, you. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, he, one of the things when I, when I was, when we were talking seriously, about me coming on board as I said, okay, well, we need to look at, you know, this and this and this and this. And he said, everything's on the table. And, and he has been a hundred percent behind that. I mean, and so from my standpoint, I, I like that he pushes me 
on not just going for, hey, let's just do this. And he's like, okay, but how are we going to do this? Or what can we do on our spin on it? And I'm always cognizant of, again, not losing the foundation of it, but it, it, it forces me to keep everything on brand, um, but also find more creative ways to get out there and be representative of the brand and open up those communications. My goal is to not lose anything, but again, create more pathways for people to discover or rediscover Illusione. So um, that's constantly in the back of my mind when we start talking about anything, whether it's events or how we handle social media or what we're talking about doing, you know, down the line. Uh, you know, same thing. You know, we're not going to walk into a shop and make it rain swag. Um, I, I like it when swag is special. I like it when it's not easy to get a hold of something. Right. Um, and, and, and it makes it more meaningful. Um, so I, I, I like to stay on that line. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was definitely... In the beginning of it, um, I appreciate how open Dion is, but I also appreciate how much he kind of pushes me on some stuff going, okay, well, we got to do something different. He is way more attention. I knew he was, I always knew he was attention to detail on cigars. He's way more attention to detail on everything else than I thought he would be. Um, and that's not a, that's not a criticism. I actually really respect that. But I mean, if, even if it's just something, you know, it, it's a message going out or whatever like that. He's he's definitely going to look at it and he's definitely going to say, you know what, let's say this instead or let's say that or, hey, I want this graphic. Um, he's super into the graphic element of it. Um, you know, when we were doing the events and stuff, I was talking to him and then I said, OK, well, we're looking at doing this, this and this. And literally like hours later, he sends me this poster of what the event would be. And so like someone like a Corona, Jeff, they normally generate all their own event posters and they do it. and. Dion sent me over a poster and he's like, what do you think of this? And then, you know, then he hadn't, I hadn't even read it yet. And, you know, an hour later, another version comes in from him uh, and he just did it. He just did it. Oh, um, wow. So, so I, I, I was, I, I didn't know that side of him. I'm obviously, you can't, you can't operate a business like that and not be involved in some of that, but he's definitely very aware and very on point detail wise with it, uh, which is nice, which is very yep. nice. That's good. Now, Fred, I really, this, probably isn't in your space but i just want to get some thoughts on it anyway with you so there's another thing i think happening with the company that it's been a quiet thing is is you guys are growing this distribution arm um and i'm mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm hearing more and more i i heard i heard i heard today that murafell is actually now going through you guys right is that correct yeah so the the distribution arm um you know look Dion did a considerable expense to do a warehouse in Reno that's yeah. bonded and everything else. So it just made sense to them to one help other brands that, right. that that's a struggle for them. Cause that is a struggle. So I think there's, there's part of it that, that, that was the goal. And the part of it was, is go, look, we've got all this space. How, how can we, how can we help these guys out? And, you know, obviously make a few dollars in the process. Um, not a lot, make it affordable for them to have the distribution, but, it really is just a pick, pack, and ship. Right. You know, it's more fulfillment. I, I, that's how I'm. I, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's really what I had to undo a little bit of because in the beginning, and, and, and this is not just me, but I mean, it's just, you know, as general, some of the rumors are like, oh, Dion's helping with the blends or Dion's helping with their marketing. And, and, and we're not. We're not. They're their own animal. So, so we really kind of had to make sure that everybody was very clear that everybody was trying to make more out of it than it was a little bit. I mean, it's, it's good from a company standpoint. It's not good if your brand gets confused with, are you, you know, you're also doing this or you're, you know, helping them. So um, there, you know, we had to make sure we kind of drew that line and we were trying to stay aware of that. But the ability to help all these brands, and I think there's probably about 10 or 12 of them now yeah. um, that they're able to help them 
not worry about that part of the business and what, you know, what, what they're very, you know, what they're good at in their warehouse can do. Uh, same thing with California as for all the hurdles that are going to California and have the ability to do that. Uh, it's just been able to help the, those uh, brands out. But it's interesting. It's turned Reno into this like distribution hub for a lot mm-hmm. of brands right now. Cause I just keep hearing, Hey, we're distributing out of Reno. Now, when I hear that, I, I immediately know what it is. So yeah. It, Cause yeah, I mean, there's nobody else yeah. there in Reno. Doing right. It. Exactly. Yeah. Miami you're used to hearing or something yeah, yeah, like that, it, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, so it's, it, and, and everyone I've talked to, like they're really impressed with the fulfillment capabilities uh, that go on in that warehouse. Uh, it, it's, 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 a, you know, it's been a, a very positive story. And it's, I think it's one that gets sometimes a little overlooked just because of, um, you know, it's not a sexy thing, so to speak, like cigars, but yeah, it's, I, I hear a lot more, like a lot more about that. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a good job there. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it just made sense. They had the facility to do it and they were able to, you know, and, and Dion likes to help people out if it makes sense. Um, and so it just, it just ended up being a natural, you know, they had the space, they had the staff, they were able to, they were able to do it. And, uh, it, it just, it's worked out well for a lot of those brands, which is great. Yep. But they're not, but, but most of those brands are not like the sales are still being done by them, but there's still sales. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, there's the only thing we do is they, they literally, they, they actually deliver it to us ready to ship. Uh-huh. So they go out and sell, they send in the orders, our warehouse sees the orders, they pick pack and ship them. Uh, if it happens to be something that's overlapping with our order, then we're able to save them a little bit on shipping because we can put them in the same boxes. Uh, but other than that, that's kind of where the line ends. But that's got to be peace of mind for, you know, Dion's own brand because he's got very, he's got, like I said, a very sophisticated fulfillment center where a lot of companies uh, bigger than Dion have more have problems with that. So, yeah, 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 and 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 the, and and you know, look as big as Louisiana is, it's still growing. I mean, yeah. the numbers this year are are really really good, and I think the rebranding is going to lend to that. And then also, you know, Dion Dion made a big commitment as far as where he wanted to go because I I literally asked him at one point, you know, I'm like, do you do you want to get bigger? Because he's already you know he's already pretty big. Do you want to get bigger? And you know, and the commitment he made bringing in Ryan. Uh, you know, to overall see all that the commitment he made to bring me in and, and yep. just a lot of things that has been done behind the scenes. I mean, you know, the, the graphics and stuff, you know, the, the people that Dion works with on the graphics that he doesn't do himself, you know, the, these aren't cheap people. These are people that, that do a really good job. And, and that costs a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of money to repackage, costs a lot of money to do all that stuff. So it, it's, it's a big commitment of, of, you know, of resources and money and time, but it, it's definitely, it's definitely the right thing to do and to bring the brand to another level. Agree. Agree on that. Um, for sure. All right. Um, a non-illusioni question. We're going to start getting to some of the non-illusioni stuff, but feel free if there's something you want to bring up beforehand. Uh, so final puff, you mentioned that at the beginning, that's the videography series you've been doing. Mm-hmm. One of the final episodes coming out because you've kind of taken a break from it. It seems like I did. I did. Cause I got the main interviews out. So um, there is an episode on saga, the restaurant. I know I've been um, wanting this. I've been waiting. For I that know. <laughs> I know. It's actually, it's funny. Cause the, my video editor got to me like three weeks ago and he's like, so where are we on this? And uh, so I gave him, I gave him some things. He sent over a rough cut. So of all the interviews, I was really pleased with the editor that I ended up with. He's done a, he's done an amazing job. Also, I really well. First, I thought I was going to edit it, and I very quickly realized that I was way out of my, oh, my yeah. game at that point. 
Um, and the audio was a massive struggle. I had to hire somebody just to clean up the audio and he did a, he did a great job on that. I mean, Hanky's in the field when it's windy, Lito and Tony wanted to do on a factory floor. Uh, so the audio was, was a challenge. Um, so, but most of them were actually released in pretty much the exact order. Everything was, was shot. Uh, you know, and, and, and everybody had the right to pull something out of the interview. If they didn't like it, they've all seen them before they went out. Nobody has ever has pulled anything out at all. Uh, I personally only pulled out one segment out of one show just because I thought, I thought it would be misconstrued. There was nothing wrong with it. I just thought the answer could be misconstrued and I I just didn't want it out there. So the saga episode is the only one that, that I'm actually having to move segments around. Uh, and I just gave him the notes on that. And I'm also going to, ch- the intro is going to be a little bit different from that one. So um, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, that one will be out. Um, I'm excited because I really want people to see it. Yeah. I um, talk so much about it, but I don't think anyone's ever kind of taking you inside that. You know, that's why yeah. I've been looking forward to that one. It's, it's the hardest one. I mean, the easiest ones are the ones where you're just sitting down talking. The hardest one is right. the one where, you know, I, I was sitting, I was sitting down with, um, you know, with, with, with Foofy and um, his son who runs it. And I just, I just felt like it was a little slow in some spots. So I feel like it had to be changed around. And then I also wanted to, we shot a lot of B-roll that wasn't in the original edit he sent over to me. So I wanted more of the B-roll and stuff like that to try to give people a little taste of the experience of it. Um, I probably would have reshot that one a little different in retrospect. But I think it'll give everybody what 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 they want. So that one, hopefully, hopefully before the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he can get back to me and I need to check with him and then I got to do a voiceover for the front of it. But hopefully before the end of the year, we can get the saga one out. That's good. And there's two other ones after that, right? There's actually uh, well, there, there's a live segment which we were going to do with everybody from there. But I, I, man, I got to tell you, it's like herding cats. I bet. I, I mean, bet, the, I bet. the fact the fact that I got the interviews was already amazing enough. Um, and so there's also a pro cigar episode, but to be honest, the footage I have from the pro cigar and what I have, I may actually wait until the next pro cigar and shoot some stuff there to add to it. I haven't decided whether I'm going to put that one out as, as, as I have it right now. It's much shorter. Um, I don't know that it brings enough uniqueness to the table to showcase it the way I want to showcase it. Um, it's still, it's still good if you haven't seen anything, but, um, it's that's you know as you know that that's a huge event that that's hard to convey so that one i I actually am probably going to flip to more voiceover than i did i didn't do any voiceovers in the other one that one's probably going to flip to more voiceover as well understood yeah and uh fred i apologize again for standing you up at saga uh i was with carlito oh (laughs) that's okay that's fair so so it was it was a nine it was like i was i was carlito restaurant for almost nine hours i'm not kidding and i had to go register for pro cigar and he didn't he didn't want me to leave the table he had zero actually go do my registration for me i had to give him my i had to give him my id my uh vaccination cards and all this stuff and he sent zero out he did not want me leaving like he kept bringing out these courses i I Uh, get it I, yeah. get it. I, I did I did the interview with him and I was amazed. I mean, he's a guy that you just he just talks. He talks I mean, and you don't want to be rude. Yeah. 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 But you're in, you're intrigued. You're drawn into it. It's a it was a you know, it was funny. I don't know. Well, we haven't talked about it. So that was the interview that I was most 
I wasn't really nervous about any of them. I, I knew all of them, but Carlito's the one I knew the, uh, the least. It's not like Carlito and I go to dinner and stuff yeah. like that. Manolo and everybody else, we go to dinner. We go, you know, we'll, we'll go and hang out, smoke cigars, have drinks, whatever. Carlito wasn't. And so Carlito, the way I got the interview with the Carlito was that someone had dropped out because they weren't going to be in DR. And so I, Carlito was always on my list to do at some point. So I called Jose Blanco and I said, hey, what do you think about Carlito doing this interview? And he says, Fred, I love you, but you know, Carlito doesn't do a lot of these things. He's done more than he does in you know past years. But um, so he went to Carlito and Carlito knew who I was. Carlito doesn't forget anybody, which is strange because it wasn't like we had a ton of interaction. No. Uh, and and so I go into that. And I'm like, so I, I went and watched a couple things online before I did the Carlito interview. And I watched a couple things online to see Carlito in interviews, which there wasn't a lot out there. But I noticed that a lot of times he seemed distracted a little bit like he would answer all the questions but he might be looking somewhere or waving to somebody or whatever so i had to go into that interview and i'm not i'm not like you guys i don't do do all these interview things and so i um i had to go in there with the mentality and, and we were going to do it at the factory then carlito wanted to do it at the hemingway house which is fine I, which is it, it which was, you, uh, unbelievable place if anyone yeah no it was, it was great yeah. it was great so I had to be prepared in the interview. We're sitting literally three feet from each other at a table. And I had to be prepared for him to either be distracted a little bit, but answer the questions. And he was so on point. I mean, just right there in that moment, despite all the other things going on in his world with pro cigar and all the charities he does and all, you know, I mean, the, 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 the demands on his time is amazing, but when he's there, he's in the moment. He, he, he just, he, 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 he was perfect on it. So that was, that was probably the easiest out of all of them I did. And they're all, they're all relatively easy. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, I mean, just cause I know them and I knew they'd be comfortable. Um, and they're all, you know, obviously I picked people that I knew that, you know, would talk. Um, but he was, he was just on point, but I, I get it. I mean, you know, between that, I mean, we shot for probably an hour and 10 minutes or whatever it was, but you know, the hour beforehand, the hour after, and you know, everybody yep. around was like, you know, Carly, we got to go, we got to go. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a minute. I got, I, you know, I mean, that, that was exactly what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> And we had I saw him on a tour. I saw yeah. him on the pro cigar tour and they were going nuts trying to keep him on a timeline. And he's uh, just stuck in a corner factory. And he can't top, stop telling stories. No, but that he, was the loves what I was, yeah. he loves it. Yeah, no, exactly what I, what I was. At. Now we looked at when we interviewed him on this show, we did four hours with him though. I, which is Jose said that's unheard of, but he want it was like, we kept saying to him, Hey, hey Carlito, we, we could roll it. He wanted to keep going. So we kept yeah. him and it was an hour later when he did the interview in, in the DR. So he was going till two in the morning that, that night. And Jose yeah. couldn't believe it. Jose couldn't believe he went that long. But I said, was he mad? He's like, no, no. He's like, he loved it. He's like, oh, he wants to do more. I'm like, okay. So, uh, but he, he's but super at, passionate. He's, he's yeah. one of those people that you just, if you don't know him, like, like I remember, I remember your show and the same thing with mine. It's like, you, you, these are, these are icons. These, yeah. these are people that you just, you have an image of how they would be. And that was, that was the great thing about the series that I did. And I see you guys getting a lot of interviews is that I wanted them. I want people to see them as people. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're just people. They've got the same problems we do and the same, you know, probably bigger problems than we do, but you know, I mean, you know, I, and, and so when you can get somebody like that and see how genuine they are and you're like, well, I thought he'd be like this. Cause I've only seen him in ads and I see how big he's like, He's just a real person. He's got he's got feelings and stuff like yep. that. And, oh yeah. And 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 you know, I mean, my favorite my favorite part of the interview with him though is that 
he's talking about the factory and you've been to the factory. Yep. And I mean, it's nobody has put more money into the aesthetics of the factory than, 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 than Carlito. Um, and, 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 you know, so we're joking, we're talking about it and there's a point in the interview where he's talking about it and he's, he's obviously very big on family and history and, and bringing those components you know, the tables that they broke apart, they, you know, reuse pieces to make new tables so that they yep. can keep that in that vibe there. The moldings are made out of old cigar molds and things like that. And he's talking about that, wanting people to see it. And I, at one point, I, I, I just, I asked him, I said, well, Carlito, I said, let me ask you this. I said, you don't do a lot of tours of the factory. It's not like it's open to the public and everybody's coming through there every day. I mean, you got really got to know somebody or whatever to get in. I said, so, did you make, did you do the factory for, for everybody else or did you do it for yourself? And he's just like, man, I guess I did it for myself. He's, you're asking me some really tough questions. You know, <laughs> it was, it was fun. It, 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 it was a fun yeah. moment. No, it, was, it was, it was definitely, uh, definitely fun. Yeah, for sure. That was a good interview. And like you said, we think about five years beforehand, none of us ever thought we'd interview this guy. He was no. so, yeah, he was so untouchable, we thought. Um, no, and I've seen him jump on random Zoom calls before where somebody yeah. you know, gets a hold of him. But, you know, it's it's not that he doesn't want to. I just, I don't know. I don't know. They're trying to rein him in. They're actually than... trying to, I think they're actually trying to rein him in a bit now on it. So, like, well, I mean, he's just, you know, because they know if he gets on a call, he's not getting off fast. And he right, really right. does. I mean, between his charity and everything else, he does so much. Yeah, no, he does. I mean, I the, spent the school, of... I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, I spent a day with him and I was in his office and I'm telling you, he gets pulled in a million directions. Yeah. Um, but what I also tell people, and I've said it on the show, Jose uh, is in that inner circle with Carlito. Uh, he is, the, I call him the true consigliere. Carlito leans on him for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Things, and I saw it firsthand and, and I was glad for Jose. I think he's in a spot he really wants to be. And I think he likes the role he's in. So it was really good to see that. Yeah, Jose's a really, really good guy. I've known him for a long time, um, back when he had his own stuff. And then when I was starting out, then when I was starting hacking the blend, I talked to Jose because Jose had a cigar seminar and I talked to him about what I was wanting to do and he was all for it. And so he, he's always been supportive and vice versa. And I'm happy to see him in that role. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall in some of those discussions because I could see both of them yeah. having, you know, their opinions and being pretty entrenched in them. So it must and, be, and, must be and, pretty oh, entertaining. Yeah, it is. I've seen actually they were, they were going at it on a couple of things. I remember uh, nothing, but the, nothing that was vicious or anything. But yeah, they, sure. They'll, 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 like Jose will will tell him when he disagrees. But it was interesting too when I was like, Charlie was with us for a short time, and Char and Charlie knew Carlito a lot better than I did, and they were Charlie challenged Carlito on a lot of stuff that you know Carlito had a very different position on, and I was a little shocked, but at the same time. You know, it, it kind of showed me, hey, you don't have to just yes, yes, Carlito. You don't have to nod your head to him. So, so yeah, uh, he 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 will listen. I mean, from what I've seen, he'll yeah, he'll listen. Yeah, yeah, he'll but, listen. You know, yeah. I mean, he has his opinions. You know, like anybody. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. look, I mean, heck, his box factory is you know is, is ten times the size of a lot of factories. So I mean, you know, he, he he's obviously doing something right. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Fred, a uh, couple more segments. We have a short rapid fire segment. Then we'll get into the the fast food segment. I'm just gonna do a. Uh, a couple of reads here. So if you need to stretch, that's fine. Perfect. All right. So I want to mention tailored smoke located in the heart of downtown Charlotte epicenter. And now outside the Charlotte motor speedway in Concord, North Carolina, tailored smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And by JRE tobacco, the authentic Corolla leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there during the golden age of cigars of Cuba. It was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. 
in the Hamasar Valley in Honduras. Julio Aro took on the challenge of growing Caro from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Caro back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to scarf production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julina San Justo brought their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic. All of those blends representing the Golden Age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, we take pride in the fact that we're cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Drew Estate, Aganorso Leaf, Perdomo, Gurker, and Oliva. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as a best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Scar Aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at Corona's website or visit one of Corona's four Central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And we're going to get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley is a family company. Alan Rubin named the company after his two sons, Alec and Bradley, when they were just little tykes. Now they're all grown up working alongside their dad, making the best damn cigars you've ever smoked. Join the family. Try one today. You can learn more at alecbrowley.com. So, Fred, we got some uh, rapid fire questions here uh-huh. um, for you, okay? these I have a couple of cigar. I have one cigar one in here, right? So this is a new question we started implementing, Aaron and I, a couple of weeks ago, okay? Um, and this is going. this is related to your time when you were with Nomad, okay? Okay. And we're talking about people who are blenders, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you four categories, okay? And I want you to tell me what was your category of blender when you were at Nomad. And here are your four choices. You were the master blend. You were the lead blender. You were a contributing blender. Or you didn't blend. You just evaluated brand, uh, blends. Um, with the exception of the first couple cigars, I would say lead. Okay. So I, I would I would get the tobaccos, I would do it. So if I was at AJ's, um, with the exception of the first one at AJ, that was basically me just telling him what I liked and didn't like and going back and forth where, right. you know, I'm just like, hey, man, I'm just happy to be at this factory. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it w- so a- after that, it was pretty much I would get whatever tobaccos and I'd put it together. I'm not going to say the master blender because I just, I just, I right. just think that's a term that should be reserved for people that truly have that. I hacked my way through it. I'd put together tobaccos and go, okay, that tastes good. That doesn't taste good. And then I'd bring it to AJ or somebody else and, you know, show them the blend and go, what do you think? I'm struggling with this. And they would get back to me and say, you know, yeah, you need to try this or try that. So I, I would say, I would say lead definitely the first two. I was, I was more on the, cause I, I didn't know a lot when I started. So I was right. definitely on the, here's the flavors I want. And then we would try tobacco and go, okay, I like that tobacco. I don't like that tobacco. So I was definitely, following on a lot of those but but by about the third fourth blend um i was i was definitely just mixing it up with the tobacco but i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say master blender at all i mean you know was i the lead blender yeah but i was always going to uh, you know 
someone that knew the tobacco better than me, or if I was struggling on the blend, I would go to them and ask them questions. AJ was definitely instrumental in a lot of that on the blends I did out of his factory. Okay. No, that's good. Have you ever been called a master blender? Uh, once. Okay. I was, uh, it was, um, famous had me on a show and unbeknownst to me, I'm sitting in the room and they said, welcome, you know, master blender series and blow our guest is Fred Rui. And I said, literally the first thing I said was, <laughs> Well, the first thing you need to do is change the name of the show. <laughs> I mean, because it's just, I, 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 I just think that that's a term that should be reserved for the people that are really deserving of that. I think it's thrown around a lot. Um, I, I just, I just, I, you know, there's a couple of people that I could say are definitely master blenders, but um, yeah, I'm n nowhere near that and, and should never even be put in that category. No, I mean, and it's no disrespect or anything. It's just we. This was a discussion that started a few weeks ago mm. on the show. And I don't. Out. I don't think it's disrespectful. I'll tell you exactly where I stand on something. You know, I mean, it's just, I. I uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's, yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's fair. I. I. I look, I, I. don't know. I mean, you know, what's what's the dividing line between a lead blender and a master blender? But I mean, a master blender to me is somebody that you can give any tobacco to, and they can tell you what it is immediately. Uh, these are people that that, you know, not only that, they can pick obscure tobaccos out of the back of their brain somewhere that know that this is what's going to fill into this blend. Right. And stuff like that. And, and I and I think there's a very short list of people that are that are truly master blenders. And even the half of those people would tell you they're not right. You know, no. they're constantly, you know, Hanky Hanky, I think, is is a superior blender that will absolutely does not like the term being called master blender. Interesting. Um, so, Interesting. you know, Interesting. I didn't I know mean, that. Yeah. it's just. These are people that always recognize that they're always they're always learning, they're always adapting. Interesting. All right. So your Green Bay Packers in 2022. I want you to evaluate the job performance of your head coach, Matt LaFleur. Well, I'm just really pissed off Matt LaFleur threw three interceptions last week. So um, uh, look, I I don't, it's, it's funny because I was anticipating this conversation with you that I'm curious about. Cause I mean, everybody knows you, you are not a Matt LaFleur fan. Right. And, I, and, oh. and, you know, even though he has the best record out of any coach for the first three years, but you know, statistics aside, your argument is that he's got Aaron Rodgers, And I, and, and, and I think that, that that's I think Aaron Rodgers, well, Aaron Rodgers is hurt and I'm going to make, give, give LaFleur something like that. But I think LaFleur should have benched him too, if he's hurt. If he's not 100, percent he shouldn't be playing. Uh, you know that that's a that's a that's a big, tough. I, mean, I know it's tough. Easier said uh, than that, done. Yeah, I get that. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if he, here, here's here's my take on on the Packers as far as that's concerned. On there, uh -huh. I don't think that Rodgers should be benched. Um, do I have situations that I've questioned the floor's play calling? Sure. But I can do that with any coach along the way. Um, I think this is the first test that he's had as far as having to truly adapt. I think he's done a phenomenal job those last three years. And I think that I, I, I think he does deserve credit because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, if you take last year, you had a quarterback that wanted to leave. And yet somehow, not only did he stay, you had to wrangle everybody together under a quarterback that wanted to leave. And somehow, make that team a cohesive unit and did um, that said, I think that where LaFleur has made some serious mistakes last year was not focusing on the defense soon enough. Clearly defense wins playoffs and the defense was floundering. Special teams were absolutely floundering at the end of last year. Yep. And that should have been his number one priority at that point. Not, not, not how, what Rogers is doing. 
Uh, this year, I think, has been a good test. Rodgers is hurt, but there's the problem, I think, that LaFleur has not adapted to. And, you know, look, I can armchair quarterback, but Green Bay, if you, when, you, when, when, when a new receiver goes to Green Bay, the experts, the first thing they say is that's going to be a very tough offense for them to learn because they, 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 their routes are very complex. Their routes will change based on what's going on mid-play. Um, you know, and so that's just, so I think LaFleur several games ago should have went back to very basic routes, you know, let, you know, Rogers is hurt. His thumb is hurt, but he's also thrown some really good balls. He's also thrown really good balls that his receivers are dropping. Um, but I think he could, I think he should have simplified the offense a little bit and went back to the, look, let's, let's move it seven yards. We have, we have a, still have a good running game. We're just not connecting with the receivers. We have, I think, until last week, we had the number one rated defense against the pass rush. So, so it wasn't like you didn't have some things there. I think you just had to focus on your offense, which was getting beat up really bad, and stop trying to run a thirty-yard route every other play, and start running. Hey, let's run a seven-yard route. And and I don't think he's adapted well to that. That's fair. I think all everything he says fair. But let me. I'll ask one more question on this. He goes six and eleven. Is he back next year? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think he. I, I think you give him another year. I, I think. I think. I, I don't. I don't think you get rid of him. I think it's too soon. I, I, I think his three years were too good to just go. Look, he goes six and eleven. You cut him. Uh, but I think you got to take a good hard look at what he's doing and and can he adapt at that point? Um, you know, Rogers isn't going to be around much longer. Um, you know, the, the, you know, uh, who knows what the next quarterback, how good they'll be, but I, I don't know that you, I don't know if you cut the coach. I, I don't, I don't know okay. off, off, off one bad season. It, it, I could see arguments both ways, but what I don't like is literally in week four, some of the boards are calling for LaFleur and Rogers to be, you know, killed off and, you know, yeah. taken away. And I'm like, really? I mean, but I called for I, it last year. So I got to just, I get a little pass on this one. No, that's fine. <laughs> that, that, that's fine. I mean, look, I, I, do, do you cut them? No, but I'll tell you what, you know, you might give them another season. And if they can't, they can't get it together. Then yeah, yeah I think you have to look at the coaching. Okay. Fair enough. I won't, I won't dwell on that one, but I think that's a fair uh, assessment. What you gave. All right. A TV show you've been binge watched lately. Well, I'm already since long done with it, but uh, Ted Lasso is probably, I think, the best comedy in the last five years. Um, I, you know, that was one that, you know, every night I was watching when it came out. Um, I don't watch a lot of television because I don't like a lot of it. I did watch House of Dragons because I, I did like Game of Thrones a lot. So I did watch House of Dragons. Um, let's see what else. Those are only two that come to mind offhand, but I'm sure there's something else in there that I watch. No, no problem at all. Because I knew you were a Game of Thrones guy. That's why I kind of asked that one. Yeah, I, I like, I like, I mean, House of Dragons is not great in its own right, but it's nice to kind of revisit Game of Thrones. So it's, 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 it's your, you know, best shot at doing that. It was weird because, like, on the fourth episode, they like jumped across the ages and you had these two people that were older and they weren't the same people and they weren't even acting the same way. It was just, it was all weird. You're lost. And they finished the season kind of weird. Like, you didn't care because the person they killed off, you really didn't have an affinity for. So, um, but you know, they're also trying to cover 150 years in that show. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but again, Ted Lasso, absolutely hysterical. If you're watching this and you haven't seen Ted Lasso, I don't even care if you like soccer or not. Uh, it's just a, it's just a great comedy. It's uh, I actually have not watched the full first season. Um, but I have seen a couple episodes. I could see you liking that show. 
I, I just well, it's just it, you, yeah. you laugh, it, you it, cry, it, yeah, you just yeah. it's it's very yeah. witty. It's 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 a good heartfelt comedy. There's some great scenes on it. Um, he's just this quirky guy, but you can't help but like him, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I can say. All right, a couple of travel questions I got for you. What's the worst airport you've traveled in? Oh gosh, you know O'Hare's pretty bad, just because wherever I land, my next gate is like. 16 miles away um so, miami's like that for me a lot too yeah but miami i don't like but the only reason i don't like miami is there's nothing to do i'm that guy that if i got a two-hour layover i like to wander in and out of the stores and stuff like that miami has nothing for that well they got the tgi you know? fridays if you need well, that's there. where we go we go to tgi fridays yeah, yeah, and, sit outside yeah. and smoke cigars and that's yeah, okay yeah. that that is a plus for miami yeah it is it is uh it is um, for sure. But problem is, if you're not in that Terminal D, it's a problem. So because it's that's far, true. you're going to go far. Yeah, that's the only bad that's thing. about. It. But normally I'm always in Terminal D because if you go into if you're going down to. Uh, yeah, that's the international that's flights. Right. And that's normally why I'm there. Yeah, same here. Yep. yep. All right. So you you've done some great road trips, Fred, uh, over the years. I mean, I remember a couple of COVID ones you did. What's the favorite state you visited on one of these epic road trips? Um. I mean, I would say Montana is amazing. And then I would say Moab was really cool. Taking the trailer and just literally going off GPS coordinates where there's not campsites and you just go out in the middle. No, Moab, Moab was really pretty neat. Nice. To go out somewhere, like I, I you know, I, I'm a little bit older. So, I mean, you know, we'd go up to Yosemite or whatever like that. And to see all the stars, I always, I was just talking about this last week with somebody. It's just like, you know, all the people that will never really see stars without light wash. I mean, if you ever a chance in your life to literally go in the middle of nowhere, Montana, Yosemite, the desert, whatever, and you just look up at the stars and then as your eyes start adjusting, just layer after layer after layer where you can actually see the cloudiness of the Milky Way and stuff to the naked eye and stuff like that. That's an experience that I wish everybody could see. And obviously a lot of people will never get to see that, but it's, it's almost haunting. I mean, it's almost just weird when you see it, you realize how small we are, you know, compared to the rest of the universe and, you know, the argument of whether there's, you know, aliens out there. I'm like, well, it'd be a huge waste of space if there's not I <laughs> right. Mean, right. all the space. You know, just for stupid people yeah. Here. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, I mean, look, I understand, you know, religion aside, I understand evolution and how everything just had to happen just right. But it was like, well, you know, they wouldn't have the technology to come over. Where we are. Hell, 50 years ago, we couldn't play Pong on a computer. What are you talking about? What if, started, what if they started a thousand years before us? I mean, you know, they'd be, I mean, look where we've come in 50 years. Yep. You know, imagine if they were a thousand years before us, how much technology they'd have. No, it's, uh, it's that's true. Hey, just a quick, I don't know if you've ever done this, but maybe, you, maybe you've heard or not heard this. Have you ever gone on the extraterrestrial highway in Eastern Nevada? No. I've heard a lot of stories like that's where there's a lot of these like alien I get the name because people have had all the alien sightings and it's a road that comes out of Utah. It's a, it's, it's like west of Utah. It's in that eastern Nevada, southeast part of Nevada. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering. I have uh, not. I mean, it's funny. There's always a common denominator about who aliens decide to abduct. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's never like a Harvard professor or somebody no, or a physicist no. or something. It's always some guy that has tractors and there's nothing wrong with that. It just. You know, it's never anybody that, you know, um, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, no, I, I'll check that out. That'd be interesting though. Yeah, no, I've been wanting to do it. Uh, it's just, I've heard strange tales. I, I'm the guy the aliens would abduct, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but you'd interview them. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, we do actually have concrete proof. Look, I think there's definitely aliens out there. I think the fact that they're smarter, the fact that they haven't come by and actually, you know, met us. I yeah, mean, they come, they're exactly. just cruising by going, yeah, we don't want this exit. Let's keep going. I mean, <laughs> exactly. you know, this is a bad neighborhood. <laughs> Let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, get, I, I can like tell I, you, I've seen pictures of the extra terrestrial highway. Dion could put a billboard out there. <laughs> someone who's going lose your billboard go perfect out there with some of that stuff. <laughs> Look, I look. I'm I'm sure there's aliens out there. I don't know that they're necessarily walking among us type thing, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sure there's got to be some intelligent life, and 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 it's you know, it's it doesn't mean it has to be humanoid form as we know it. Yeah, I'm actually right. enough Star Trek episodes. There's a lot of different shit out there that could happen. <laughs> no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, a pet that you'd want to own that's not a dog or a cat. Um. You know, I think a raccoon would be kind of cool, but we I just be got, worried. We never that, got raccoon. We never got I raccoon. Think they'd, I think they just like turn on you at some point. I mean, I yeah. just think that, yeah, I mean, they're, they all seem cute and cuddly when you're like feeding them marshmallows, but they've got an evil streak. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're in that badger type family. I mean, I yep. just think that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like soccer with the woodchuck that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes a picture exactly. of his cuddly woodchuck and then he's like, this thing is horrible. He's like, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about it. Away. Woodchuck. Yeah. 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 All right. This is, I've never asked this question to anyone before. So it's a new one, but it's, it's a right. question. Um, your favorite section of the supermarket. Kind of a big fan of the frozen food section, even though I don't buy a lot of it, but I just find all the colors and packaging kind of cool. Nice. Um, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't going to say the yogurt section. I mean, come on, you know me good enough for that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. There, there's something about that in the ice cream aisle. There's just something about, you know, the ice cream aisle that in the frozen food section that's just kind of like, you know, it's all it's all like the packaging is so hopeful. Yeah. You know, like the frozen food aisle, it's like, wow, this is the exact same meal I could get at Marie Callender's. And you get home and it's just like, wow, this is so not like the photo. Um, yeah, but it's it's that hopefulness that you just think you're going to bring home that seven layer lasagna that's going right, to look like right. you know, this restaurant. And it's just, you know, or pizzas, you know, I mean, I've, I've had a couple that I've like bought the same brand by mistake because the boxes are friggin' amazing. I'm like, oh, this pizza will be perfect. I mean, you get it out and you're like, this is not at all what's on the box. You know? Right uh yep. nice nice all right the last one uh a title of your reality show about you i'm surprised i turned out this normal <laughs> all right so what we can do i got one more read and we'll get into our deliberation for best and worst fast food segments oh here. okay all right so i know we've been waiting to do that but let me first mention jc newman's cigar company Founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has handcrafted many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elder Hole, J.C. Newman has premium cigars by both hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the American. The J.C. Newman Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua and it's for Brickhouse, Pelo Mar, El Baton, Corman, Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by Tabacalara A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars, 
The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lava factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. You can try the Casa Cuevas core line in the Connecticut, the Habano, Maduro, La Mandaria, and Patrimonial lines, and of course, the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our Casa to yours. And we're going to get into our industry deliberation segment, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There is no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included six, seven consecutive top three appearances on the half-wheel consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Carita Tricky Traca. Visit DTT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Fred, this was a segment you we, we've talked about in the past, and you reminded mm -hmm. me about it, um, which was kind of a lot of the inspiration to get you on the show. Um, best and worst fast food segments. And I think um, I was kind of intrigued by it. And normally we do an, we do an industry talk thing, but occasionally we do a non-industry thing here. And I thought this deserved its own segment tonight, uh, rather than kind of <laughs> throw in the rapid fire things. So um, let's, let's kind of like... Let's kind of start. We'll, we'll kind of get right into it. Um, let's start off with, you know, let's start on the positive end. The, the I, I, I need to ask a question first before we get absolutely, started. Absolutely. We, I, how do we define fast food? Oh, I knew that was going to come up. I just want to make sure we're clear before we get started. So Sure. Okay. Um, Does so, it require a drive-thru? No. That's okay. my answer. It, it is something where you, you can go to a counter and you're going to get it in a timely manner. I'm not gonna have to sit and wait 20 minutes for it. Okay. I do. Okay. So, so, so no, this, no wait. Nobody waiting on you. You're nobody go waiting on counter, and you're gonna go back with your food. Right. You're gonna go. Yeah. Okay. Um, you pay for it right at the counter. Um, okay. I, I know people are gonna say to me, "Wow, well, Five Guys is not fast food." Look, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna draw that line here. I, okay. I, I think the spirit of it is you, you get it pretty quickly. And you pay at the counter. You pay at the counter. Yeah. Oh, and, and here's the reason why I'm going to go with that definition, okay? And you guys, because you mentioned, Fred, airports, there's malls that don't have drive-ins, but they have fast food type establishments in malls and, and, mm -hmm. and airports. So you don't have a drive-through there. So that's why I kind of, I'm willing to kind of, I understand the arguments uh, with, with five guys. I, I appreciate it. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but, but I'm going to include it in this, if, if that's what you want. Sure. Opens up a lot of ground, though, too. It so does. Other it options does. that we can. Now, I would say this. I think it's got to. I mean, and you guys could. We, we could set this rule right here. I think it's got to be a chain. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, otherwise, some people like, would like. Like, there's a like, know, you know, so like, like my favorite Laguna Burger in New Mexico. I'm not going to put it on here. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. So, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. All right, so let's start off with the best fast food meal. And feel free to add more than one, by the way, here. And if you want to talk about what, what goes into that or whatever, uh, this, is a, this is a free-form discussion. Fred, we can stay as long or as little as you want. So it's up to you. I mean, look, I, it's funny because you'll go, you'll go one place I like their fries, but I like their burgers. At well, we're going to have – okay, like we're going to have at the end, okay, the last question is going to be a fantasy fast food meal where you can kind of <laughs> so yeah so, you get all a cart from your favorite yeah establishments Uber per eats, item uh, right Uber right exactly whatever yep so i mean if you're talking about i'm mean, fast food by your definition i mean okay 
I'm going to keep burgers in their own category, I think, a little bit just because it gets messy. Right. I will say Arby's is pretty solid if you're talking fast food. The only reason you don't go to Arby's more, I think, is it's not very diverse. Mm-hmm. You've got to be in the mood for Arby's. You can walk in any of the fast food and you probably have a lot more options across yeah. the menu. But right. I'd say Arby's is pretty solid as far as like their brisket sandwich thing is pretty pretty spot yeah. on pretty good yeah uh you can't go wrong with an rb sandwich if you like roast beef or whatever and they legitimately just cut up roast beef it's you know it's not and not anything else so i'd say that one's pretty solid as far as that um i do like five guys burgers i i i think they're good i i love their model is that look we're not going to charge you 50 cents for everything you want to put on the burger just <laughs> tell me what you want what you want on the burger uh, I love their generosity with fries. The first time I went in there and I ordered large fries, that was a make mistake. Just order <laughs> small fries, and you're pretty much getting large fries. Yeah. So um, I'd say they're pretty solid as far as that's concerned. Okay. okay. So those are good choices, Aaron. How about you? Uh, I know I'm going to catch a ton of hate by saying this, but I would say the best fast food meal is Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco I don't Bell. think I'd argue with that. I, I, go Del, I would go Del Taco over Taco Bell. No, oh, no, I, no, 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 I'll take Taco Bell. No, and and, and I'm going to say one. I'm going to say one caveat on the Taco Bell. I don't pretend that Taco Bell is the same as going out for Mexican food in Correct. a restaurant. Correct. It's its own category. Yes. But if I was to say what what fast food have I had more than any other one by far, it would yep. be Taco Bell. Yes, it's the best. Because you can, I think you can eat like four tacos and still feel like you're light on your feet. Right. Yeah. If you had four crunchy tacos, you're like, let's, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'll be eating. I mean, I just get that little 10 pack that they have, you know, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, you could do four. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that'd be my favorite fast food. I forgot about talking about, yeah, that's that, that, if I was, if I, if I'm going down a row and I'm seeing all of them, I'm going to pick Taco Bell two to one over any other one. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take more heat than Aaron. Right, because because I'm just gonna give this politically correct answer. Um, what a burger and In and Out Burger. No, oh my God. both have both have. We're, their we're gonna dis- we're disallowing this. What do you mean oh. you're disallowing this? No, it's it's because you, 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 they're different. Okay, I'm gonna expl- so so Fred kind of gave two, and then when he remembered Taco Bell, he said, "Okay, we we've solved the problem. It's Taco Bell. Pick one, Coop. Pick one. Yeah." Now you're, gonna, now you're going to get in trouble. I'm going to go Whataburger. <laughs> Slight edge on the Whataburger there. Uh, wow. I, can get, I can get that jalapeno on there. I like the mustard <laughs> that's on there. Um, to me, it, it, it's a Whataburger. But that's not at the expense of In-N-Out Burger. I get a little more variety I can get at, at Whataburger, too. They have those Dr. Pepper shakes, which are unbelievable at Whataburger. They have, what a, you know, I can get the fish sandwich. And I've talked about the what a fish sandwich, which I had to get during Lent one time. And it's like a piece. It's like the fish. You go, it's like the whole fish on a sandwich you're getting there. Yeah. Um. So I'm going. Like I think In and Out is a specialized thing, and they what they specialize in, they do great. But for me, like Whataburger is a must stop when I'm driving down to Florida. There's a couple now off of I-95 in the Jacksonville area. Uh, I'm going Whataburger, and I know I'm going to take crap from the In and Out Burger people, but if you're <laughs> forcing me to do one, I'm, I'm going to go Whataburger. If they're right next to each other, I'm going for the Whataburger. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take the heat off you so people don't talk about you tomorrow on this, Coop. I think both White Castle and In-N-Out are the most overrated burger places in existence. There you go. I, Fred, when I saw the Red Meat Club <laughs> wanting to buy a pallet of White Castle, 
I thought they. I mean, I just said. I even said, "You guys got to get your head examined." Like, look, if you're if you're in college and you're drunk, it's three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I it's a novel it. thing. Okay, what or White Castle is like? Not even. I mean, not even on my radar. I it it is the worst drunk food. Those are the ones I, you get the frozen food to, and it's exactly like what you get at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually one that actually nailed yeah. it. It's actually, you know, this is exactly. No, I, I, I look. I mean, if you want to pick an overrated, White Castle is the most overrated one. I mean, it's yeah. just now the concept of a slider is great. Just make a good one. Right. Don't make a paper thin piece of beef on there and what you know. But um, I, I also think in and around, in and out, it, it, it's okay, but it's not. I mean, the the the, the level of of passion for in and out just amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it very much. Look, like I said, it's it's good. Um, I'll have it. Um, so, so okay, let let me put you guys on the spot now because you both pick taco. You're picking Taco Bell, right? Yeah. Give yeah. me your talk. Give me your Taco Bell meal. Go ahead, Fred. Taco Supreme, crunchy. But what 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 do you order? Like, is that Wait, all so you're you have order now? I want to I want to get the the thing? yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, nine out of ten times, I'm pretty much just getting Taco Supremes, although I will get the Nacho Bell Grande, although I think over the years, they're getting less generous with just about everything on it. It's just yeah. a dollop of stuff and then a whole lot of chips. Um, the Mexican pizza used to be pretty good. I think they brought it back. They brought it back. Um, they used to have something called an Anchorito, which was yes. kind of like just, I mean, with the sauce on it. It was, was like, really a, it's like a wet burrito, right? Kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, I haven't had a burrito there forever, but I used to eat the burrito supreme. But I, I'm yeah. pretty much just a, just straight up, you know, taco supreme crunchy. Yeah. I'd go three taco supremes and one or two bean burritos, depending on how hungry I am. Um, they used to have what was called the seven layer burrito, which was fantastic. They've since discontinued that for some reason, but that was a really good burrito, I thought. So, I mean, I'll typically get the two Taco Supreme, or I'll get the two Taco Supremes and the Nacho Bell Grande or whatever. I'll usually get yeah. that combo. Yep. Um. So, what's the Whataburger order? Whataburger. Yeah, what's the I, I get the uh, the jalapeno and cheese Whataburger with mustard on it. Yep. Um, chili cheese fries, and the Dr Pepper shake. I do miss the I mean, A1 Dr. burger, Pepper though. Shake. I miss their I miss their A1 burger. Mm. They had that for I've had it once and it was very good. The the one thing I will say that Whataburger does get an edge over some of those other ones is that I'm not a huge breakfast guy. I can go and, in a Whataburger at nine in the morning and I can get a burger. Well, okay, yeah. and that is exactly where this appeals to me, because I don't eat egg. So so anything that's like egg related, I don't want to have. So I can go in there and, and have, uh, I remember my wife and I, we were in Alabama and we were, the hotel's right next to a Whataburger. So she's like, yeah, well, you know, she's like, uh, I'm not a big breakfast friend. She was like, you might get breakfast at Whataburger, right? I'm like, yeah. So I go ahead and go get a burger. Yeah. I didn't get everybody jalapeno wins. in the morning, but yeah, it was good. Everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. Everybody what's wins. What's that? What's that pepper burger they do? The um pimento. It's it's like that pimento. No, chili. uh hatch. They do a hatch chili. Oh, the hatch chili. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And they're not afraid of throwing some spice in there. I mean, that's, no, they're that's not. actually a pretty, no, I actually not. had that for breakfast. I'm like, yeah, that's probably more of a lunch burger. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Whataburger's ketchup is solid. They have the spicy ketchup if you're into that. Yeah. See, I've only had Whataburger once, and that was at the Dallas airport, I think. So I don't think that was. A, I, I don't think it, uh, you know, an airport 
Is no, it it's the same. Good? It's, is it's it the same? same. Yeah, okay. but you know the thing. The thing about Whataburger is, is that Whataburger, and maybe this is the way In and Out was for me, but it's built up so high that when you go to Whataburger, it's like, really, this this is all there all there was. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's not that great. I mean, I'll, I'll take a Five Guys burger over a Whataburger yep. uh, burger any day of the week. Yep. Yeah. The hot apple pies are, are very underrated at Whataburger. They give the McDonald's hot apple pie a good run. They're actually pretty good. Okay, okay. The current McDonald's apple pie or, say, the like the 1980 flaming, you know, yeah, the lava, McDonald's the lava. one. Yeah, the yeah lava. The, those were good. Those were those good. Those were good. I, those were good, yeah. I mean, these are these. I wouldn't put, quite compare the Whataburger one to it, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, but mm. it's better than the McDonald's one now, yes. So uh, th- definitely I recommend that, and I'm sure I'm going to take tons of email on this tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to get the In-N-Out fan club beat yeah. me up. Oh, they were all, they were all. <laughs> I, do like, I do like that In-N-Out puts a lot of onion on their burger. I got to say that. So you get an, They always ask if you want onion. I'm like, absolutely. If yeah. you put an extra slice on it for me, go ahead. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So... Um, but, but putting a lot of onion on a burger to make the burger good is the same one as putting yeah. steak sauce on a steak to make it good. I mean, it should be good <laughs> in its own right. Right. You know, when we were in Vegas. We we went to Whataburger one night, and I never knew about this animal style thing. No, uh, in and out. Sorry, I'm sorry. In and out. I said Whataburger. In and out. I'm sorry. In and out. Yeah. In and out. And um, that's my age here. That animal style was awful. I just on the fries, it was just awful. I, I just. It wasn't great on the burger. And it wasn't great on the uh, on the fries. There's a reason why that's a hidden menu item. This is not good. <laughs> like this is terrible. Is what I said. Like, give me uh, look, in and out fries suck. That's, they suck. Start start there. You're, you could put as much junk on the top as you want. Yeah. The fries aren't going to be good yeah. unless you unless yeah. you're someone who likes those well, those cans of uh, uh, potato sticks. Like, yeah. Then then you're, then you'd like in and out fries. But if you don't yeah. like those potato sticks, you're not in. Yeah, no. So and, who and, has, who has the best fries? Okay, that's a question. So let's do that. We can hit that question. That was one of the questions. Best fries. I would say currently, McDonald's has the best fries. Um, but my favorite fries of all time was like Wendy's, circa like ninety to ninety two or somewhere around that. It. Then they changed it. Then they changed it. So I would say I would say McDonald's circa the eighties, but I would say Wendy's fries now. Really? Mm. Yeah. Sea salt. Okay. Uh, you know, skin skin still on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go McDonald's with a with an honorable mention for for um, Five Guys. The problem, See, Five Guys, when you're there, you can have the malt vinegar, which I kind of dig that. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's that's true. I, I wish I could get malt vinegar on the McDonald's fries, though. Yeah. Um, but look, nobody's, go, nobody's going to Five Guys and ordering just fries. People will go to McDonald's and just get fries. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's where I'm going with that. And the thing is that um, Burger King used to have good fries in the, like the late 70s, early 80s. They, I don't know what they did. They went completely off the rails. <laughs> well, they did the same thing McDonald's did. They went to the you know clean vegetable oil or whatever. It's just not as good, not as lard-based or whatever. And yeah. um but McDonald's, I think, tweaked it. I mean, look, we we I, I got fries with the you know thing. I, I I literally went through a drive-through one time. I was driving, and I literally just got four orders of fries from McDonald's. And I got back on I got back on the road, yeah. and I'm like, you know, they're hot, and I take them, and there was no salt on them, oh. and they're not good without the salt. So I pulled into Correct. the next McDonald's and just went in that one. And said, hey, I got these fries without salt, and then they gave me new fries. 
So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the McDo- McDonald's fries. I mean, I'll, I'll, I prefer the Wendy's ones, but McDonald's ones are, are they're good. Absolutely yeah. no question. All right. Well, let's say with these uh, a la carte best here, and let's go with the best burger. So I've already answered mine, but with the burger. But, but you guys, what is the best fast food burger out there? Go ahead, Fred. I mean, you let it slip into the definition. I think Five Guys probably has one of the best all-around burgers as far as that's concerned. I would agree with you. The problem is with Five Guys Burger, and I think it's a good meat burger, the buns don't do it for me there. The (laughs) bun falls short at Five Guys. So who's your best burger? I'm still with the Whataburger. Yeah, he's way off Oh, yeah. I'm still with the Whataburger, the jalapeno cheese. no. There's a chain here. I don't think I don't know how big how far it goes. I don't think it goes much out of California. It's called Nations. Do you guys you don't always have Nations out there? I, 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 we I've don't been have there. I know there. Okay. They they make a very good burger as well, but I don't think it's yeah. it's wide enough that would yeah. uh kind of catch. No, on so did Fuddruckers if you're gonna stick into California. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I mean heck Red well, Red Robin was a countertop, but I mean that was gourmet burgers before gourmet burger, you know, fifty years before they were cool. Right. Yeah. You know. Yep. 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 Uh agree with that. All right, so you guys might have already answered this for your tacos, but best non-burger item at a fast food place. I'd have to stick with tacos, probably. I'd have to stick with Taco Bell tacos. Although that brisket Arby's sandwich is pretty damn good, but they're you know they're not the same category. So no, no McRib. No, no, I mean, okay. the, the McRib's good, but I mean, okay. I think, you know, I mean, I the Mc, I could eat Taco Bell multiple days in a row. When I was younger, I did. I don't think I would eat McRibs multiple days in a row. Okay. Yeah, I've only, like, I only have it, like, I had three times this year, and I think I'm done with my, uh, with it for, for here. Because, and here's the thing, the McRib is tough for me because, um... The, the McRib's tough because if I'm in the car, you can't eat eat it in the car either. It's really hard to eat. That That's true. That that is that is that is a you can't drive through and be eating as you're going along. Aaron, what's your what's your uh, top one non burger? Oh man, see, I have another chain here that's only in California that I can't use. I don't think. Um, if, I mean, if it's widely spread, I'm okay with it. I mean, we have a place here called the Cheesesteak Shop, which is like they got like. 40 or 50 oh, yeah. things here. And they're in airports. They're in airports yeah. too. Yeah, I've heard of them. Uh, I, I think they make good cheesesteaks for, for a chain. So I'd go with the cheesesteak. Yeah, I forgot about that one. So I was going to answer the – it's actually not what a fish. It's called what a catch. I was going to answer that, right? But I think it's a seasonal item now too. Um, I, it used to be a regular item, but I think they moved it to seasonal for Lent right now. So I'm, 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 I'm not going to say that one, although it's really, really good. But I'm going to go with something that you guys might not, um, might not, might be surprised about, and that is the uh, Wendy's Asiago Ranch Chicken Sandwich. That that's a pretty good. That's probably a, a really good chicken sandwich. Um, uh, you you could you could get it in like the the classic style. Or you could get it grilled, and actually, it's pretty good grilled. Um, you get that it's, it has a spicy. It's just called the spicy Chicago Ramp uh, Club. Um, it's a pretty good sandwich. I mean, it's it's uh, and like I said, you get it either way with the with the fried or the grilled, and they're good both mm-hmm. ways. 
Okay, so but you're in another category now. Is that also your best chicken sandwich? I didn't do a best chicken sandwich one. I said best nine. <laughs> well, we should get to a best chicken well, sandwich. I mean, okay, let's do a best chicken. Would, wait, 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 wait. Why would you name that sandwich as a non-burger item if it's not your favorite chicken sandwich? Well, because I didn't do a favorite chicken sandwich category. So we can do one for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, is that your favorite chicken sandwich cat- category? That is, that is my favorite chicken sandwich because okay. it used to be it used to be <laughs> um it used they used to have a spicy chicken biscuit at Chick-fil-A and they discontinued the spicy chicken biscuit, which was really good. Mm. So uh they have a spicy chicken sandwich, but it's not as good as what the biscuit sandwich was. So so let's turn it back to chicken right now. Aaron? Uh I might go with the KFC chicken sandwich, crispy chicken sandwich. I think that's um it's pretty good. I mean Chick-fil-A is good, but it's just it's not. I, I would say, I think Chick-fil-A is, as Fred describes, in and out for chicken sandwiches. Kind of maybe a bit over, a little bit overrated. Yeah. Just because you can't get it on Sunday doesn't mean you have to, like, post all over Facebook that you can't get it on Sunday. Just go the next day. <laughs> go the next day. It's like, you can, uh, yeah. You can go to Wendy's. I'm telling you that. that, that yeah. is a, I'm telling you that chicken sandwich is good at Wendy's. I don't eat a lot of chicken sandwiches, but I would probably go with the chick-fil-a one with extra pickles but maybe mm-hmm. i'm really just in it mostly for the pickles at that point i don't there know <laughs> <laughs> nice nice um you know and again the another thing i'll say since i i answered a chicken sandwich i'll answer something else that's not a burger um and i really like it the arby's greek gyro is really good and hmm. surprisingly it's for Greek gyro, it's pretty good. I mean, New York was known for getting Greek gyros, but what you the problem with getting them in New York is half those things they had these the meat on this wheel that would turn yeah. around and the flies would go on it all the time. So yeah. I never wanted to touch a Greek gyro like in New York because there's yeah. flies on it, right? <laughs> but at least it are, and I know for a fact my son worked at Arby's for several years. There were no <laughs> flies on the gyro meat, he told me. <laughs> Uh, but they 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 pre-slice that is what he, the only difference he said. Isn't it, it, isn't it a euro? Because you're probably freaking out a whole lot of Greek people. Right yeah, now. yeah. A euro. I I've been told. It's, <laughs> I I've been told you can call it both ways is what I've been told. But, but the Greek people they'll, probably they'll say euro. I didn't, they, I didn't call it. I didn't <laughs> even know they had one to be honest. I've never gone into an Arby's and probably got much beyond the brisket burger or the Arby's roast beef. Um, they have <laughs> several varieties of of euro. They have a turkey one and they have a roast beef one. But it, it's the Greek one you want to get. Hmm. Uh, I would say that is uh, very underrated. And then on the Arby's theme, on the Arby's theme, um, I have gotten the Meat Mountain, and I have gotten the venison sandwich there, which are uh, the Meat Mountain's a hidden menu item. It has basically every piece of meat that Arby's offers, including chicken, on one sandwich. Uh, and then the venison sandwich is limited. You have to know when they're going to have it and. They tend to keep it very quiet. I used to know when to get the venison sandwich because my son worked there. So mm. he would give me the heads up when they had the venison in there. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's actually venison meat on it. Thing. Yeah, it's some sort of a deer meat, yeah. <laughs> some sort of a deer some meat. Sort of a deer <laughs> but uh, yeah, only have it the with deer the, meat category. Only, only know, have yeah. it when uh, one's been yeah. hit on yeah. the way into work. <laughs> we have the small squirrel meat venison. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very rare this time of year. Yeah. Kind of left. I, I left off Burgerfy off of uh, burgers too. Burgerfy's mm-hmm. got some pretty good burgers there too. 
You know, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've actually recently went to one for the first time. If you go, try the uh, CEO burger. Okay. Uh, so it's got like a, some sort of truffle component or something like that. It's pretty solid. I also think it's very funny that they have one called the Conflicted Burger. Mm-hmm. It's two patties and it's one Beyond Meat Burger or whatever oh and goodness. one regular burger. This is um, I just I just find that someone just had to be high when they decided to come up with that idea, but I think it's pretty funny. I think see Coop's now Coop's going to be on a mission. He's going to go and get it. Well, we have we've never I've never had I've never had a Beyond Meat Burger. I have. He has a for Lent. He has a for Lent. I have them for Lent. Yeah. yeah. There's a purpose for them. There's a purpose for them. And and I'll say this: the the Impossible Whopper is pretty good. And I know Fred, what you're going to say about it. If you can't tell the, <laughs> but I but, busted you on that when they. I were, know you're going to say I, that. No, because because so for everybody listening, it was basically he's like, oh, it tastes exactly like a Whopper. And I said, you shouldn't ask why the Impossible Burger tastes like a Whopper. You should ask why the Whopper tastes like the Impossible <laughs> Burger. <laughs> It was it was good. It was good. I uh, get I, I've seen people though, like I was I was in Vegas once at PCA and I was I didn't have a lot of time and I went up to that food court above the Venetian mm-hmm. and there's a and I was eating a burger at the counter, whatever I can't remember what restaurant that Johnny Rockets or whatever it is at the counter. And I saw a guy come back with I don't know if they're beyond meat or an impossible burger. I don't know which they are, but he was pissed because <laughs> his wife had the burger and he swore it was a real burger and they're just uh, trying to tell him it's not it's this yeah. one you know uh in a, but he i mean obviously there's somebody that doesn't eat meat that must be like right up right there close for people yeah. who don't wow yeah i was just looking at the ceo burger i want to check that it's good out burger yeah it's a good yeah. burger yeah we have them in north carolina yeah we have them in north carolina there's a conflicted burger that's what, That's what he just told about. you about. That's the one you're talking about. That's a complete half and half. Okay. Yeah, half and half. Okay. just said that. No, okay. I, I wasn't <laughs> sure that that was a complete. I figured it was. But okay. I didn't realize it was that was the same one. I knew you mentioned one. Uh, that's interesting. I, I don't know why you'd go for a conflicted burger, but I guess it's an option. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Someone actually put out a burger and they went through all the effort to put it on the menu. I mean, they must. I guess they sell it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, they. Uh... Uh, by the way, I've had the impossible sausage and it's bad. That's what that I will uh, say. Yeah, that. I had we, there was a guy. There's a guy that we herf with. Um, that's a a vegetarian, and uh, so I picked some of those up for him, and we were grilling them. And um, it's um, it's an experience grilling them because they kind of just like melt. So it was uh, I had to like keep an eye on it. <laughs> like it's like you put it on, you flip it, and then you're done. Because you, I mean, if you let it set, it's gonna they, just go down into the go down into the fire. So yeah, I, I can say look an impossible burger. Uh, I can say I would order one and I could get enjoyment out of it. The impossible sausage was absolutely terrible. See, now I don't understand that because I've never had the impossible, burger, but I would think the sausage, they'd have a better chance of making better because you could throw spice and stuff in it to like jazz it up more. I don't think they did was the problem. I think actually that's no. the problem that they didn't do that. So it's like a really bad hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know that you call it a hot, hot dog. dog. At all. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You, yeah. I mean, there's just, uh, I don't know how you'd explain it. I don't have a picture of one, but yeah. Uh, Please don't. Yeah, you don't want it. And, uh, <laughs> we, we won't do that. Don't worry. All right. So we're heading um, We're heading to the part, which is now the worst we haven't gotten to. Hold on. I think you skipped one. Did I skip one? Uh, oh. Yeah. The side dish. Oh, you si- wanna, you're going to save that for later. No, no. let's do the side dish. We'll do the side okay. dish. 
So, so besides fries. fries. Besides fries, yes. Yeah. Because I jumped around. Yeah, a side dish besides fries. My side dish would normally be another burger. So I'm, probably, <laughs> I'm a, you have to circle back around to me on that. I got to think if I've actually ordered a side dish of anything that I actually like. Um, uh, fried pickles at Carl's, oh, so fried zucchini at Carl's Jr. Hardy's in the uneducated parts of the country. Um, yeah, the fried zucchini, I think is pretty good. Interesting. Hard I don't know if you consider uh popcorn chicken from KFC as a side. Um I don't no. know. I, I wouldn't say I would say no, it's okay. not a side. All right. Because you could I think order a side uh with it. Right. So that's kind of where I would go with that. Right. Um On fries. By the way, we I just looked at Hardee's. We do not have the fried zucchini. So I, this is that was a key thing. Interesting. Yeah, we don't. So mine is very easy. Um, I'm going Burger King onion rings. I still think oh, they. Yeah. I still That's think they solid. do the best. I don't think there's anyone who does an onion ring like Burger King. I think they still have that. Whatever they there was a while where they changed it, and I think they went back to the original recipe again. Um, but yeah, I would say, uh, definitely Burger King onion rings because Arby's falls down with onion rings, Whataburger falls down with onion rings, and Hardee's definitely falls down with their onion rings. I'd agree with that. I'd yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I so I'm go Burger King onion rings. Yeah, and uh, KFC got rid of the corn on the cob, apparently. They did, so they did, and it was like that they put the butter, you know, that butter was on it already. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll say this. You get a side of the mashed potatoes with that gravy. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, that's a pretty good side dish. And even the get. coleslaw. I mean, coleslaw is pretty good. Yeah. It's okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I should say it. I don't. I haven't had it. Coleslaw in general, I like it without the like the mayo base. I like more of the vinegar base. That's why. Hmm. So coleslaw is okay, but yeah, mayo base, I'm not going for. Not going for. And there's not really many places that do stuff that like do kind of like non-fry sides, right? So, um, well, like Popeyes you, has a ton of them and stuff like that. But I, I'm always yeah, like, they have like red, be they have red beans at Popeyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have at Bojangles too, which is mm -hmm. a chicken place down by me. Yeah. Um, I will give a uh, I I will give a um on, another honorable mention the Bojang uh, not Bojangles uh, Arby's again. The potato cakes are pretty good. Mm, yeah, we're starting mm. to fries or potatoes. Like, I mean, now you now you got but the that, potato but, tops that, in there. Yeah, yeah. Tops? Exactly. I mean, you know. yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, by the way, they, they you know, Bojangles has and again, it was, I know it's a potato, but it's not a fry. They have some called Bow Rounds, which are these big round hash browns. They serve them all day, and they're great. Mm. I mean, you get you get four of them, and they'll fill you up. Well, I'll go uh, if you're going to go honorable mention I, only because I don't think I would do their sandwich, but um, raising Cane's chicken fingers, I think, are probably the best chicken fingers out there. We had them one year at the house. They, it was they were good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're we, solid. We we got them at like midnight. I remember eating those things. Yeah. Uh, Seth and John, Seth and John and I got into Vegas all at the same time. 
on the way to the Airbnb from the airport, we got the Uber or Lyft guy to, to go through the drive, the Raising Cane's drive through. We bought him lunch. <laughs> on the way, <laughs> oh, we'll buy you lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my. I think they're, I think they're the best chicken finger out there. Fast food chicken fingers. I think they're the best chicken fingers. Yeah. yeah. I'll go for. I'll still go for a good old chicken McNugget. <laughs> That's like yeah. on Yeah, but you have to peel the skin. I mean, off. well, yeah. that's Gabe Kaplan's got to peel the skin. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I did that on on with a show of bear. I nearly choked. Yeah, <laughs> I almost. I was really choking. It was. <laughs> uh, you know. Okay. Okay. So, um, Fred, you may remember these. Aaron, I don't think you do. Onion nuggets at McDonald's. Lost. Yeah. Do you onion nuggets were the best? What? What was this? Oh, this is way back. Way, way back. back. This is like late seventies. Okay. Okay. They if they need the I don't know why they remember. So these were like they're like the instead of an onion ring, it was like an onion petal. So it, mm. it was it looked like a chicken McNugget. So and like not like, like the cocktail onions breaded or something like that, but it was like no, a slice like a no no uh, no there were slices the there were yeah. slices yeah okay so there were slices but it was like more I, I want to say it's more like a wedge the onion wedge it was. Yeah, but I'm gonna go back because that's back. That's back when McDonald's used a different oil too. So that yeah, it probably wouldn't be the same today. Yeah, but I, I mean, they, I don't know why they died out because I mean they were popular. I remember. I mean, Hmm. but but I'm like, I had to be 10 10 or eleven the last time I had an onion nugget. Wow. And I I don't made me like thirty five. I I don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if you Google it, you could probably find pictures of them. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I'm gonna see if I can find an onion nugget. Um, yeah, let me see. I have a picture here. I can show you. Yeah, I see them right here. Interesting. Yep, yep that's what they were. So they were, like I said, they were like the, the in a way, you know, it's like you had a couple of. It was a wedge, so the onion, you know, had different, you had different thick, you know, there were several onions in the nugget. It's like several rings in the nugget for that wedge. Okay. And they were good. They were good. Yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the worst. <laughs> this is the fun part. All right. I have an easy one. Well, mine is really easy. Entire restaurant or item? We're gonna do both. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna do both. So I was I was gonna start like kind of what we did restaurant first, and then is there an item that maybe is either from that restaurant or somewhere else? Right. Okay. Because the worst, my, worst fast food meal. The worst, yeah. The place is just it's 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 a bad fast food place. <clears throat> You're not gonna go there under any circumstances. Oh man, that's not even tougher. Mine's easy. Oh, I, I, I think I got one. I'm probably going to go with either. I got two. I'm not sure which one I would go to if I had to, but I don't think I'd go to a Bojangles, and I don't think I'd go to a Long John Silver's. Now, Fred, I got to change you on Bojangles. I got I to gotta, <laughs> work on you with Bojangles. Bojangles I, haven't been a, I haven't been in one for a long time, so, uh, but, yeah, I'd have and, to go one of those two. And Bojangles used to do the Thanksgiving turkeys. 
they haven't done it the last few years. And I'm telling you, they were people would order those things a month in advance and pick them up for Thanksgiving. They were and they were real, they were Cajun spice. They were really good. Okay. You get it, you get it, and have a regular turkey as well. No, but I got to change you on Bojangles. I think I can. I can. I'll give it a shot. I'll go into a Bojangles next time I find one. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I'll even say I'll refund your money if if you're unsatisfied <laughs> with it. Okay. Hey, uh-huh. you, you ate McRibs on the show today, so I at least yeah. have to walk into a Bojangles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, but I'll say when you go in and work early and and order something, uh, I'll say order some order the biscuit stuff. Okay, the biscuits are really where they shine. The biscuit sandwiches and they're all day. You get them. Um, I don't consider it like a breakfast sandwich, but they have uh, the chicken. They have pork chop. Um, I, I would I would recommend the biscuit mm. sandwich to me. Okay. Uh, right. But but the pieces of chicken are very good too. I'm I'm not big on their bow the Bojangles chicken sandwich. Is what I'll say. So what's your worst restaurant? Hardee's. What is it? Uh, Hardee's. Awful. And it was bad before they merged with Carl's Jr. And it stayed bad. <laughs> and I think Hardy's mm. killed Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. used to be a lot better. Like going back when I was, when I remember I was out there in 89. Carl's Jr. was actually pretty good. Uh, Hardy's just destroyed it. I, I don't know what they did. It's uh, But Hardy's is absolutely awful. Is nothing worse under no circumstances why I ever go into a Hardy's for anything. Mm. I've got one nearby nearby me and I've only got since I moved out to this place and I've only went there once and I don't think I'll go back. I don't think I'd go back. Right. We have one. We have one about two miles from me and I've never got it. Yeah, it's rough. rough. It's rough. And they're not clean. But but the one up the block I've heard is clean, but I just the food is awful. It's just not good fast food. For me, what's your toss up between maybe Burger King or Jack in the Box? I don't know. Um, they have good tacos at Jack in the Box. Yeah, Jack in the Box, the taquitos at late at night. Yeah, yeah pretty that's, solid. It's just um, crack in the box. <laughs> it's like the dirty one. It's like the, it's like the same thing like a Hardee's. It's kind of like that, you know, cousin that you don't want to admit that you're related to. It's, yeah, I, I actually at Jack in the Box like their their mayonnaise or sauce or whatever they put on their burgers though. Just is like just. Something weird about it. It is a bit. They do not have a good burger, and I, I will say it's one probably. They have a good I, burger. It's just the sauce, like I, the um. I, what's the one with like the sourdough, the patty melt one? That's pretty oh, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. That's um, actually pretty. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, and then they have um. I think their bacon burger is not too bad, whatever it is. But um, it's just that mayonnaise or whatever that's yeah. just mm, doesn't do it for me. Well, because it's it's borderline Miracle Whip. Yeah, because it's got a sweetness to it or whatever. That yeah, yeah. and it, it's kind of like it, it, and it's not cold. It's like someone kept right. it at room temperature. Yeah. It's yeah. like you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. 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 I, yeah, I agree. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. All right, worst fast food like invention item. Yes, worst fast food invention item to wrap it up. Unless we guys have anything else. Yeah. Oh man, worst worst ever. Oh. I think the McLobster was one of the worst things they'd ever they'd ever created. See, I never had it, and Juan Cancel has been dying to get one. It's it's not it's not good. 
I mean, I'm 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 leaving out the pumpkin spice fries that McDonald's has been trying to run with occasionally, but uh, I'm gonna go with the McLobster. I'm trying to see if I can find what I'm looking for. Uh, it is McDonald's. They came out with a bird. Like, did they have like? It, I, I'm gonna say not long ago, but it, it could be two or three years ago. Like, did they they had like a did they like come out with like a gourmet burger or some kind of level? The Arch Burger. The Arch Burger? Oh, the Arch Burger? That's way back though, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I think it's it's that's more recent like, than that. That's like that's like right after the McDLT, which you know the hot side was hot and the cold side was cold in that little lid. Yeah, um, it was way way more recent than that. That was back. McDLT, Mc, Mc, I remember that. Yeah, that was. They okay. did try to do a gourmet burger, though. I me- I remember that. That wasn't that long. Well, it's probably one of those ones you don't think it's long ago. But it was probably well, like six right. years they, ago. Yeah, now. they were. It was for it, adults. It, they were trying to do it. Yeah, yeah they, were. Not, yeah. they were trying to do the gourmet burger thing. They were trying to cash in on that. I thought it was the Arch. Was it the Arch? Arch, Del- Arch Deluxe. I thought it was the Arch Deluxe, was it? Hmm. But I could be I could be wrong on that. I mean, we no, can sit there and the, say burgers. It's the gourmet burgers. I just looked yeah. it up. Okay, so there was some gourmet, gourmet burger. Yeah. Uh, signature Crafted Burgers, I think is the name that they uh, used. okay. Uh, yeah, it was a very poor attempt. It was, it yeah. was. I would rather just though, have a regular I mean, quarter pounder, get yeah. it over with. You can, you, we can bash on a couple of McDonald's things, but if any chain will actually just throw anything in there, McDonald's or Taco Bell has come up with just some malicious, like, <laughs> I, hey, mine yeah, is a Taco throw, Bell let, item. Yeah, let, let, let's throw Cheetos and Skittles in a burrito and we'll call it. I mean, they <laughs> exactly. come up with some just weird. The, the Fritos burrito is good though. <laughs> Oh, they've come up with some weird stuff. Yeah. All right. The one I, I mine was definitely a Taco Bell item. Um, and it was careful I now. A, I had to look up the name of it, right? It was it was the beef, the belly, the, the bell beefer, which was that sloppy Joe. Oh, yeah. They, they, just, were threw, they just threw awful. the taco meat on a bun. They threw the taco meat on a bun. It mm. was just terrible. Like again, yeah, that that was pretty bad. Um, mixed spaghetti was really bad. Mixed spaghetti, I, I know, thought was, I never had it. Uh, it was really it. bad. I had the mixed spaghetti. I don't know why I actually had it, but I regret it. They were the awful. Cookie dough chicken tenders from Popeyes were not very good. <laughs> right. I'm I'm gonna discount for me anything like the egg McMuffin because I don't eat eggs, so it's unfair for me to just say you know that. Oh, it's good. It's good like, you're that, getting yeah. on the road early and getting, you know, grab yeah. that and some hash browns, yeah. sausage egg McMuffin. That's, you know, you know what you have. You've Nobody walks into a McDonald's and saying, screw the last five years of my life. I mean, you know, it's just, you, <laughs> we all know the rules when we walk in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as a side item, it was really bad. Actually, we have one more question. It's the fantasy question. I just realized. Um, as far as a side item, the Burger King crinkle cut fries were simply terrible. They were really bad. They were doing bad fries to begin with. The crinkle cut fries were a disaster. Burger King tries too hard sometimes. They they didn't tried... Burger King do the didn't Burger King do the chicken fries? Yeah, yeah, not good either. <laughs> I never I had back... that, but that probably would have been right up there as yeah. a bad item. Yeah, it, it was like, and the problem is their chicken fries tasted like their fries, like the ba- like they they coated their fr- their fries with something. 
like when they yeah. changed and it was awful and that was what was on the chicken fries i don't like fries that have either the coating or they like double fry them or whatever like that i right. I, I, don't I don't like that either the fries yeah that's what they killed the burger king fries when they went to that but yeah, the chicken fries were really bad um and another one i'll give is i know we've been putting praise on them but Arby's market fresh sandwiches are, are terrible. Like this, just skip it. Really? Yeah, I, I yeah, hmm. just skip it. Take a look at a couple sites, and the uh, the McLean came came up. Oh, I remember mm. the McLean. <laughs> yeah, nobody goes there trying to be healthy. You know, when I was looking up some sites, we were just talking. I saw something I never saw before called the McAfrica. I saw that too, and I was looking. I'd never seen that, but it looked like it was. I've never York. seen that. It looked like they only how sold that, in New York. How did that not stay a thing? That's weird. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. How to appropriate an entire continent? Yeah. <laughs> the McAfrica apparently was something that was, was sold like, in Europe. Oh, like it was like two pita breads and yeah, like with I don't know what was inside of it, but yeah. some sort of a some sort of a sauce, a like yellow sauce. Yeah. Um, and it was they created for. The Olympic Games, I think, I want to say Athens was when they created. Yeah, I think it was created for Ath. No, it was created, came out in 2002 and 2008. So I guess it came out for, uh, I guess, the Salt Lake City and because they were positioned as Olympics. And it says it had beef, cheese, tomatoes wrapped in pita bread based on an authentic African recipe. But there was some yellow sauce I was looking at this thing. And I'm like, ugh. Oof. The McAfrica. Yeah. It's just a burger. It's just a burger and pitas. <laughs> the, <sighs> I never had them. The lobster doesn't look bad, actually. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. Uh, wrapping it up. Your fantasy fast food meal. All right. You go a la carte and you pick what you want. All right. Uh, burger fry custard shake. Um, I'd probably go like McDonald's fries and Five Guys Burger. Yeah, I think I'd also go Five Guys Burger. Um, probably McDonald's fries. Uh, but I'd probably go with the frosty chocolate frosty from Wendy's. Yeah, those are good. Okay, and mine is the Whataburger jalapeno and cheese, the Burger King onion rings, and back to Whataburger with the Dr. Pepper shake. All right, okay. The, All right. Yeah, th those will, those will <laughs> totally get up my sugar levels uh, bad with that. With that I'm not sure we learned anything on this show, but at least we got all that out of our system yep, after exactly. the debates. <laughs> <laughs> we went boldly where we never went before. That's right. That's right. All right. That's all right. right. I'm so, sure you know what's going to happen. You're going to wake up at three in the morning and go, oh, man, I forgot about. You know, I, exactly. 100%. I'm just going to start taking notes for the next, say, next time we get together. We're going to say, all right. In a year, two know, years, we right? need to redo the show, and we have to cover all these things we missed. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be oh. something obscure, like, oh, I forgot about the tater tot casserole from KFC or whatever. Yeah. No, it's going to be something really <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, 
No, but it was good. Uh, so, Fred, first, thanks uh, thanks so much for being on tonight. I know we kept you late, but it was a lot of fun tonight. We had a lot to cover. Oh, it's all good. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. And uh, happy uh, 249 episodes, man. Yep. And uh, that's a whole lot of getting, you know, people to stay up late. <laughs> no, we, we appreciate our audience for doing that, too. And uh, and then we're going to be off for two weeks on Thursdays um, because next week I'm traveling. And the week after is Thanksgiving. But we do have 250s coming on. And Charlie Minato is going to be the guest for episode 250. Yeah. So that's oh, nice. a good fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. Uh, we've had him on before. Ooh, and, uh, find out what Charlie Minato's favorite fast food is. Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, he has a different definition of fast food, I think. Yeah. I'm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. That will be a good one, actually. I can see Charlie like, what do you mean? You want me to answer this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, first I have to get on a plane. Yeah, right? and exactly. I have to... <laughs> you know, I have to stand in line. It's it's really annoying. It's like <laughs> yeah. Actually, pre PCA, we should do uh, top top like Vegas restaurants because you know, I mean, I don't gamble a lot in Vegas, but I will spend all my money on food there because there's so yeah. much good food there. There, there is That'd be good. There is. Um, I know this year we're talking about like possibly getting to the house a day early this year, so um, we'll have a good we probably get a good meal somewhere yeah i'm just hoping not to come back with covid again this pca <laughs> so that would be a win right there i yeah. i fred you know it was i felt so bad because you know that whole all you guys in the yard that night got it <laughs> pretty much well i think we i think we didn't know i think we already had it yeah I mean, it's just yeah i i yeah. you know jay and me i i mean i don't think any we, we were all actually pretty distanced yeah. out there anyway we're all yeah. sitting around the pool far away and stuff so i don't think uh and i didn't do the whole smelling tobacco thing you guys were doing so well, i mean I but, wasn't well, like but none of us so. got it none of us got it except for jay jay was like none of us in yeah. the house got it and believe me i tested three times like before i left vegas <laughs> I went hey, for I'm, I went I went for a driving didn't. test even I went out in Vegas yeah yeah I, I'm glad I'm glad you guys didn't because we were all there and I mean you know I mean well one we didn't even know till that night really that there was even really an outbreak I mean it all went it all hit very late in the convention right. and yeah. nobody really knew and I still felt fine that night and Jay was fine uh, but by you know gauge on what I was and when I you know when I came home and stuff you know I mean Jay and I probably both had it that night yeah. we just. I, well, I don't know. I mean, you're contagious before you even know you have it. So I mean, yeah. we could have been, luckily no, nobody yeah. got it, but um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of people got it from there, but you know, I hadn't got it till then. So it was a good run and um, yeah. you know, <laughs> got, got through it. And, yeah. yeah. We, uh, what happened is we had split up that day. Um, and some of us went to Casa Fuente and I think the developing pallets guys like went to nap. Right. And while we were in the car, um, we were all talking. We said, we think we should just cut the invites at this point. Whoever shows up there shows up there. Right. Um, and we got back late and there were already a few people there. Like you, you were there. That guy, Tim, Luciana invited Tim. I didn't even know Tim was going to be there. Right. Um, so there right. were a couple of people. So we were not, so we're not going to kick anyone out at this point. Right. But yeah. we didn't invite anyone else that night um, except for Jay and Luciano who already signed up to come. So I don't think Luciano got sick, um, but Jay got it. Jay had it pretty bad, actually. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he did. But you know, I mean, it's funny because the people that were all pissed off at PCA about it, and I'm like, you went to Vegas. Yeah. I mean, like the Venetian alone has like five thousand rooms, of which you know half of them probably aren't even a PCA or a casino floor. I mean, you you already know you're gambling by going where it was. It was just now back wide open. Yeah. 
um you know the only downside is i can't i gave it to my wife because i you know i i didn't even know i had it i was kind of i kind of had like a little bit of a cough but a lot of times after pc i get a little bit sick anyway just because you 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 got three hours of sleep every night you're smoking cigars nonstop. so i didn't feel any different than i normally felt coming off pca and so my wife drove picked me up the airport and drove me home and i tested that night and i tested positive and then we you know we're in separate rooms everything after that but it was too late i'm sure she just got it on the car on the way yep, home exactly yeah I, I like i said my position was i thought pca should have put out a communication and my reasoning was simply for the international travelers because some of them had at the time restrictions if they came into the country with covid they could have really been quarantined yeah. so yeah. that was that was and i talked to a few people who were international and they felt the same way um, I, but I, I don't disagree. Hey, you go to a convention, you know, you're gonna get it. Well, you know, you go to a football game. Last, they yeah. just put up a heads up. They could have yeah. put up a heads that, up. It, I mean, it would have taken. It was. It, it's not. A, it's not their fault. No, it's not, it's not their fault. You walked yeah. into that. Op- you walked into that opening night party. I mean, and it was just stack wall to wall people. I mean, yeah. so you know, yeah, exactly. We we all knew the risks, and you know, you try to play safe about it. But yeah. um, you know, obviously, there's a risk if you're going to travel and and certainly be in that environment. But what was strange is that the previous year, everybody was pretty much fine. And that you, you felt like we were more in the height of COVID. But then that last variant was way more contagious, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's what made the difference. Yeah. 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 Good ending to the show. Good job. Yeah. But thanks, everybody, uh, for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch everybody in two weeks. Take care, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And see we'll you. see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving.